It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks radio network. Here's Joe Brand. Tonight, the Anaheim Ducks pick up their only lead in overtime, and they take down the Blackhawks and also end the Blackhawks' winning streak against the Ducks and against the Ducks here at the United Center. A 3-2 overtime win for Anaheim. They end the Blackhawks' eight-game winning streak against the Ducks that dates back to 2018-2019 and also ends their five-game winning streak against Anaheim here at the United Center. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks Post Game Show. We're taking you up to 11 o'clock tonight as we recap this 3-2 overtime loss that has the rather the Blackhawks moving to 15-29-5 and on the season. Anaheim extends their point streak now to five straight games. They improve to 17-29-6. Let's head on back up to the radio booth with Troy Murray as he had the call tonight with John Weideman and Troy, it was kind of a, a streaky game altogether. Silent first and third periods, a whole lot of offense in the second period, and then overtime kind of went the way it, it normally goes with both teams getting a shot kind of right at right out of the shoot too. Hawks had a really good scoring opportunity, but a lot of posts in this one, a lot of just barely missing opportunities offensively. Uh, you kind of do see why these two teams are so similar in the standings right now uh, with, with talented players and, and talented aspects but just have a little bit of trouble finishing off plays and uh, this one ends up going to the Ducks for the last moment in overtime tonight yeah you know it it is kind of what you would expect in this game Um, you know neither team is really has the capabilities of of really kind of cranking it up offensively so they got to play a style that you know matches their their personnel and and I think that both teams kind of played to that tonight you didn't expect a a whole lot of scoring when you got the two lowest scoring teams in the NHL going up against one another but both teams created chances both teams were smart as far as their puck management not too many critical turnovers I thought there was some good effort on both sides as far as getting pucks in deep and then working the forecheck you saw goals resulted on both sides of of the equation from uh, a good forecheck and, and working hard so this is pretty much what you would expect, close shots on goal. The Ducks, though, are giving up almost 39 shots per game. The Blackhawks, 10 under that, 29. But, uh, you know, I thought for the Ducks to play back-to-back against Dallas and, and then come in here and, and play a really solid defensive game was impressive on their end. Yeah, actually, the Blackhawks fell just one shot on goal shy of hitting my uh, save prop for... Anthony Stolarz tonight, but that Oops. aside, <laughs> that aside, I, I hit the Jason Dickinson goal, but uh, and yeah, and, I know, did hear that. Well done. Was well, it, that, was it plus five or something? It was yeah, plus five ninety. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I, I I take a whole lot of credit. I had so much to do with that goal. No, uh, it, it it's been Dickinson's kind of ingenuity and, and ability to work with with different lines. Something we were talking about earlier in this one, but uh, nice to see him go on a roll like that, just because. You know, this team has relied on so many different players throughout the entire year. Um, that has kind of been their M.O. this season. So it's nice to see when a guy like him is uh, is able to capitalize on the talent that he's got surrounding him with Tyler Johnson and Patrick Kane. It just seems like he meshes well with almost everyone this year. Yeah, I don't think that 
probably in his career, other than maybe you know a game or because somebody was was hurt or something, that Dickinson would be your top line center and playing with your top offensive guys, and that's the role he's kind of been in here in the last little while, and he's really excelled in in that area. I mean, what he's got. Uh, Seven points in the last six games, four goals, three assists. So, you know, that, that's pretty impressive. And he's got the speed and the ability to, to play with uh, the skilled players. You heard him talk during the first intermission with John and I about, you know, dishing off the puck and then creating open space by driving players back and, and using his speed um, to the line's advantage. And he did exactly that in this game. And so when you see a guy that's playing with a lot of confidence like that and playing in a position where he has more offensive opportunities to excel, it's great to see. Yeah, that top line, a combined plus six. Dickinson uh, with a goal and an assist. Kane and Tyler Johnson each with an assist. And I know this is something else we talked about in one of the intermission reports, Troy, but, but Seth Jones just making things happen offensively, but but a great game overall for Jones. Uh, he had the goal, 24 minutes, nearly 25 minutes on the ice, three shots on goal, uh, two of them blocked. He had five takeaways, one blocked shot. I mean, this is a guy that's really starting to find his groove, uh, especially after the last month or so. It's just really nice to see him kind of take another level. Yeah, and I think for Seth Jones, in some ways simpler is better. I think at the beginning of the season he was trying to force too much, and that's one thing that they, they wanted him to just, you know, not worry so much about his offense. If he just concentrated on playing his, you know, defensive game, those opportunities offensively would come. You can't force those opportunities. And what I'm seeing now from Jones is he reads the play well now, knows when he can jump into the play, knows when he should just be kind of hanging back, and, and it really is kind of reflected in, in how well he has played here in the last little while, and it, it's been impressive. He's a guy that you would expect to play well and expect to be a dominant player, and you're, you're getting that from Seth Jones right now, and, and that's a really good sign. You know, as one of your highest-paid players, you want to have that um, presence out there on the ice, and he is that presence on the blue line for the Hawks right now. Yeah, and, you know, I kind of want to go in on that a little bit more because I do feel like he he tends to get a bad rap from people who are most critical about him because uh, maybe the score sheet isn't showing what, what uh, some of the top defensemen are in the league. And we've had this conversation before because the, the defensive position has changed so much, especially since, uh, you know, when you were playing. So how... How much of that is, is it just Seth Jones just playing into his own game? I mean, I know you just kind of explained it that way, but it, it's just so nice to see him that comfortable, and it doesn't look like he's, um, I, I don't want to misuse the word effortless, because he, he's obviously out there working very hard, but it, it just seeming like it's coming a lot more naturally. And I think it's a good thing to see. Yeah, and and, and again, kind of going back to my point that he, I, I don't see him forcing things right now. I, I see him reacting to things at the right time. And, you know, you can dictate certain things. You don't want to be reacting to everything because you want to be in a position where you're dictating what's going on there. But as a defenseman, sometimes you have to react to the play. Okay, now, like the play that uh, he ended up scoring the goal on, he, the Blackhawks win the faceoff. And he makes a play from one side of the ice to Tyler Johnson on the other. And now he reacts to the situation. He sees that this is an opportunity to jump into the play. It was the right time. It was the right place. And, and obviously you end up getting the, the results with the, with the goal at the other end of the ice. But that's, that's him reacting to the play. That's him reading the play. And I'm seeing a little bit more comfort in that area with, with Seth Jones. He's not a you know, very vocal kind of guy. He's a, he's a pretty quiet guy and keeps to himself in a lot of ways. But you're kind of seeing a little bit of a smile 
uh, you know, away from uh, the rink now a little bit more than I think you had, which I think he's, you know, he's happy. He went down to the All-Star game and he was, you know, excited to go down there and, and join the festivities. Uh, you know, I, so I think there is a, a real nice comfort level for Seth Jones right now playing with the Hawks. Well, we don't uh, we don't get you until the road trip, right? You're you're back over on the TV side of things on Friday. It uh, it appears that way, yes. Well, and uh, thank you for uh, clearing things up with John. How he didn't miss much in Vancouver, um, <laughs> as, as the skies were not cleared that that day. No, that was uh, you know you and I had an opportunity to go out the night before, and I said, hey, you know, tomorrow when it's you know when the sun's up, you're going to see the mountains over here, and all like they weren't even ex- they didn't even exist. <laughs> If, if you had gone to Vancouver on that last trip, you wouldn't have a clue where it was in the world because you couldn't see anything. Well, luckily you and John got me very well prepared for that trip. Um, John gave me a lowdown and an itinerary about just about every place we'd stop and check and saw. And uh, well, Why I, am I not surprised? <laughs> he's, a very, he's a very thorough guy. He, he yeah. knows, he, knows exact, he kind of gave you the lowdown right after he talked to me too, right? He, he wanted to make sure you were caught, caught up all to speed on uh, the, the Western Canadian road trip as well, I remember. Well, I don't know. You're giving... I'm looking at him now, and he's 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 got the bobblehead going. So I guess that means that he did say something to me. I don't remember what happened yesterday, let alone a couple of weeks ago. Well, well, yesterday you were uh, you were resting up and eating your uh, Canadian Smarties and, and getting ready for the the rest of the regular season. That's... <laughs> yeah, that's what I was doing. <laughs> All right, Troy. Well, thank you very much as always, and uh, we'll talk to you in uh, a couple of days or so. Um. Sounds good. Yeah, I look forward to it. All another right. Bit, another big uh, game for uh, the Hawks on Friday night against the Arizona Coyotes who are playing some better hockey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one of the, the few games here at the United Center in the month of February. And then we, when do we get to go to Arizona? The end of this uh, month? Yes, yes, February 28th. Actually, is that is – that, are we on a leap day? No. A leap year? A leap year? A leap. <laughs> is, is, that the, is that the leap day, though? There's got to be a leap day and a leap year. The 29th, though, I think is, is leap day. <laughs> we're in Anaheim on the 29th. John said we're in Anaheim on the 29th, so that means that there's a leap year. <laughs> well, I don't know. The schedule I'm looking at is uh, the Hawks are in Anaheim on the 27th, Arizona on the 28th, and nope. then uh, it can't be a leap year because it's not no, it's numbered not. year. It's not. Okay. Well, we'll we'll man, we'll get our calendar expert in on the next yeah. broadcast. Yeah, we're we're gonna 27th, 28th, right? Yeah. John is trying to add here, so we'll just we'll move on from that because <laughs> he's trying to figure out what days of the week and it's right now. Okay, I know it is I the twenty eighth, and uh, but I, I, my point was is I'm, I'm looking forward to going to this Mullet Arena. Oh yes, 40, yes, 40, yes. Eight hundred uh, um, seats uh-huh. attendance. Um, it's been packed. I guess it's uh, you know obviously when you've got thirteen rows in the building. That's right. all you have. So it's under 5,000. The broadcast position is right down next to the ice, 13 rolls up. So it's going to be great in that area. I guess there's a great atmosphere in there. So, um, you know, and you know, there's going to be a lot of Chicago fans there. Absolutely. At that time of year. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Well, and also, you know, I know that place is getting a bad rap. And I know, I'm sure it's far and away from what most NHL teams are used to. But I've always wondered, you know, could they just turn that into... 
a very exclusive event. Like, hey, we only we only have five thousand seats here, so you know you better you better come here when you can. And when well, you get Joel, the that's that's what they that's what they've said though. Is it's like their revenue is going to be more this year than it was, you know, when he, when they had more people at the other building. Um, because of supply, supply and demand, obviously, you know, they're, they're charging higher prices for them, and, and uh, people want to go see, you know. You've, you, I, I think the problem, and I, I'm stepping out of my league here, but the destination rink in, in, uh, in uh, Glendale just didn't work. Right. It just it didn't work. It's too far out of the way, and it was too much trouble. And and yeah, if the team was doing great, the, you know, the, the support was there. But you know, it's a, it was a tough commute, and I think they're in a better place now. And and if they can get a building downtown, I think that would you know even be better moving forward at some point in the future. But uh, you know, every team likes to go out to Arizona. The weather's nice, and hockey's played in the winter, so. Right. No, and, and I agree. I, I know a little bit about Arizona and, and everything that goes on over there. And it, it works for football because it's it's a one-day-of-the-week event. Right. Hockey is yeah. multiple nights, weeknights, weekend nights, and it's it's tough to get people out there. So Yeah, the weekend games are, are kind of a premium out there because you don't have the, the weekday traffic. Trying to get the, out that way with the, the traffic, the infrastructure in that area, because of the area has grown so fast that uh, the infrastructure in some ways just doesn't kind of handle the, the traffic problems that uh, have arisen, has arisen up there. Man, we have, there, out there. We, we have covered uh, quite a lot on this post-game show, nothing that I thought we would, so uh, I, I can't wait till we get more. Uh, well, okay, and... let's do a little quick recap here. <laughs> On, on Arizona's economy or the league? No, year? no, on, on the game tonight. Oh, okay. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. you know, here, was, here we are. Blackhawks post game show seven twenty. Hawks, Hawks were up one nothing. Mm-hmm. Tied. They're up two to one. Tied, yes. and they lose in overtime. Good game, Jake and Jason uh, Dickinson. A, a goal and an assist in this one was was excellent. And uh, I thought Patrick Kane dominated this game when he uh, had the opportunity to do so when he got the puck, and I, I thought he was excellent. And just did, during the second intermission, went up here and talked to all the scouts here. And, you know, it's just, gee, there's a lot of you guys here. And he goes, yeah, it's that time of year. <laughs> so, yeah, no, when I'm... we're out in Arizona, we're going to be right next to the deadline. So it might be interesting. That will be. So a whole bunch of things to look forward to for that, for that Arizona game. But, all right, Troy, I, I'll, I'll let you get out of here. Thank you very much <laughs> for, for the expanded insight we got from you tonight. You be good, Joe. I'll try. I'll try. All right. That that is Troy Murray. He and John Wideman with the call tonight as the Blackhawks fall to the Anaheim Ducks, three two in overtime. And we'd like to hear from you three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. You can give us a call. You can give us a text. If you're at the game, we'd like to hear from you. We're taking this post game show up to eleven o'clock. We've got more to get to. Jack Heinrich's already back from the Blackhawks dressing room. We're going to hear from Tyler Johnson, Jason Dickinson, and the head coach, Luke Richardson. All that and more coming up next. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show after a 3-2 overtime loss to the Anaheim Ducks. And we'd like to hear from you. 312-981-7200 here on 720 WGN. Hawks fall to the Anaheim Ducks. 3-2 in overtime tonight. For the Hawks, they see their winning streak against the Anaheim Ducks come to an end. Uh, actually, shout out to Jenna Rose. She and John Hansen do a great job at the United Center um, in the uh, in-arena performances. There are in-arena hosts, and uh, yeah, totally slipped my mind that the Hawks had such a fruitful winning streak against the Anaheim Ducks, but an eight-game winning streak against the Ducks dating back to 2018-2019 until tonight. Uh, they also had won their previous five straight games against the Ducks, 
at the United Center again until tonight. They extend those in point streak fashion, but not in wins as they fall in overtime 3-2 to tonight as Frank Vetrano had the game-winning goal. Should note that the Ducks are on a five-game point streak, though, and uh, they do gain two points tonight, so that gives them 40 on the season, and the Blackhawks earning one gives them 35. And I think you know what I'm hinting at there when I talk about how many points the Blackhawks and the Ducks have. Let's get to the highlights of this one. As Troy Murray and I were talking, it was kind of a slow first period, uh, especially in the first five minutes or so. Neither team really generating a whole lot offensively. And that was kind of expected um, heading into this game. Hawks are coming off the All-Star break. The Anaheim Ducks are coming off uh, a long travel after losing to the Dallas Stars last night in the shootout and uh, just their second game back from the All-Star break. So a little bit of a lackluster first period. There was a situation where Boris Kachuk was into the penalty box for a high-sticking penalty, a double minor. Um, Eventually, the Ducks committed a penalty on their own, so the Hawks and Ducks had some four-on-four hockey. A couple of good scoring opportunities, one of them being Philip Kurashev nearly feeding Andreas Athanasiu with a backwards pass right in front of the crease, and that was something else that Troy and I had talked about, about Philip Kurashev's ability to move the puck around a little bit more. Um, uh, it's just very impressive. He, he, he definitely has those puck-handling skills, but uh, isn't totally consistent with it yet but the flashes in the pan that we do see from him are very impressive and if he can really continue that and really take his game up to a next level uh, that could be a very important piece for this Blackhawks team moving forward especially with how young he still is he's just been on the Hawks for the past couple of years but uh, that, that could still be a very big piece so neither team was able to score until the second period and when they finally did it was the Blackhawks scoring first Zegers in the left corner Centered around behind the net and out to the right point, and John Klingberg was late getting there. Puck slides all the way down into the duck end in the near corner. Puck given up. Here's Dickinson in front. Shoots and scores! Three goals in his last three games for Jason Dickinson. He seems to have the hot stick up late. He gives the Hawks a 1-0 lead early in period number two. Absolutely does. He also has now seven points in his last six games. As John had mentioned, three straight games with a goal. Dickinson being on that top line with Tyler Johnson and Patrick Kane, and it clearly worked out tonight. And in fact, we have the sound from Jason Dickinson in the Blackhawks dressing room. Let's hear from number 17. Yeah, I mean, playing with Kaner creates a lot of offense. So when you're creating opportunities, you start to feel really good, and you get more touches, and it's a snowball effect. You know, if you get more uh, chances in the ozone, um, you start to feel good, and you want the puck more, and you want to do more with it. So. It's been nice uh, getting those opportunities. Have you had to change your game at all playing with Patrick? Or? No, I don't think so. I think I try to play my game, drive the middle for him, and create space, and you know try to read off him as best I can, and uh, give him more time than than uh, he has maybe recently. Is that tough not to get that one at the last, the last at the end of the third? Yeah, that one sucked. It rolled on me there. I thought I had it under control, and I could have taken even more time with it, but I thought I could get it off, and it rolled on me, and it ended up being a muffin right into his stomach. Uh, are you just surprised about like the circumstances in which you were first even paired with with Kane on the line, and and then uh, Richardson just decided to go with it uh, from then on? I don't know. I've been pretty flexible my whole career. You know, I've played up and down the lineup everywhere I've been. Um, I pride myself in being versatile and able to adapt to whatever opportunity is presented for me. So uh, the opportunity, the way it came about, 
maybe a little bit uh, fortunate. It sucks when guys go down and guys got to step up, but uh, that's kind of the nature of the game. You know, there's going to be opportunities for guys everywhere, and it's uh, it's all about timing, being in the right place at the right time, and taking advantage of it. When we talked this morning, you talked about the center group really communicating pretty well, and you guys had a pretty good night at the dot, even without Jonathan Taves being in the lineup. How, how did you guys talk through some of the different moving pieces they had playing at center tonight? Yeah, um, it, we were really good in the draw. I thought I was a little bit <laughs> bad to be honest I was getting frustrated with myself not winning them clean enough I thought I should have had a lot more so I was I was watching a lot of clips on the bench between uh, the timeouts just to try to get a read on what the guys were doing uh, their timing and how much they're jumping so those are the little things I was trying to pay attention to if uh, the guy's crowding the circle or not I think that Jason Dickinson is a very versatile player, so I think he's spot on with that assessment of himself. Um, and Troy had mentioned this in the postgame show, too, about Dickinson playing on the top line or being the top line center in certain circumstances and playing on so many different lines with so many different teammates this year. But uh, just think, when, when he came over here from Vancouver in a trade for Riley Stillman, which was more so an opportunity for Vancouver to bulk up defensively. Obviously, there was um, some money in, in the contract situations involved, too. But Dickinson coming over here, I, I don't think was thought of too too intently and in terms of how much he would benefit this team right now. And I don't want to sell short for um, what Kyle Davidson had an idea of what Jason Dickinson would be like on this team. But let's also point out how much Kyle Davidson has hit on some of these moves. You start with the Sam Lafferty one of last season, moving Alex Nylander, who uh, definitely needed a scene change, right? But in terms of the return, Sam Lafferty was another guy like, oh, yeah, you heard, good hard worker, good depth guy. Um could definitely use a nice scene change as well. And look at what Sam Lafferty has become. You can kind of look at that with Jason Dickinson, too. I know Riley Stillman isn't having quite the year he would like to out in Vancouver, but uh, Dickinson was doing uh, a lot more things in Dallas than he was in Vancouver, but you know, different circumstances there, different team buildup, and, and different roles and responsibilities. And he comes over to this Blackhawks team, and he does so much on so many different lines. And like again, he he is a versatile player. I mean, that is that's that's good scouting. That's good scouting by whether it is just Kyle Davidson or, or multiple people in the front office that have their eyes on that type of thing. Um, and just quickly going back to Sam Lafferty, I mean, he's a guy that's being talked about as in terms of trade bait. I mean, these are important hits because when it comes down to it of roster construction, and this isn't to say that Kyle Davidson, Kyle Davidson is going to nail every single move that he makes, but these types of moves with a really, really good team that's competing for a playoff spot, maybe a long playoff run, they can be pretty big moves in terms of roster construction and, and just team depth because we know very well how important team depth is for a long playoff run that we saw the Blackhawks have for so many years when they won those uh, three Stanley Cups in 2010, 2013, and 2015. Let's get back to the scoring uh, recap of this one. Again, all four goals that were scored in regulation came in the second period. We played for you Jason Dickinson's goal that put the Hawks up one nothing. Not too much later, Anaheim was able to equalize it. Klingberg on the left wing boards to Leeson. He'll fire from the left circle. They score. 
Leeson's first shot was stopped. He followed up and got one hand on his stick and backhanded that one past Morazic right along the ice. And the Ducks have tied it at one. So then later on, the Blackhawks with a few more opportunities. Again, kind of a lot of back-and-forth action in that second period. And then when the Blackhawks took the lead, it was, again, a heads-up play by Seth Jones. Again, the defenseman for the Blackhawks involving himself offensively, but... Uh, we're going to play the highlight and then break it down afterwards because I think Troy Murray brought up a lot of good points in terms of what Seth Jones did to help score this goal. Now the draw in the Hawks zone comes back to Seth Jones. Passing over to Tyler Johnson up the left wing to Dickinson. Breaking into the duck end in front to Seth Jones. Shoots! He scores! Off the underneath side of the crossbar and into the near corner then out of the duck net. But Seth Jones lights the lamp. And with 6.51 left in period number two, the Hawks have a 2-1 to one lead. So again, the Hawks win a face-off over in their own zone, and then they bring the puck down the ice. In the neutral zone, Seth Jones avoids a check and then just gets himself involved in what turned out to be basically a three-on-one. It was Dickinson kind of coming down in the slot, Jones to his right, and then Patrick Kane to Jones's right. I think Anaheim had two players um, coming down along with the Hawks three at that point, but the guy in the left wasn't really in the mix. And Seth Jones just quickly gets the pass from Dickinson and doesn't think twice, just goes ahead and shoots it, goes top shelf, gets it above Anthony Stolarz. He does have Kane to his right, maybe a little bit behind him, but odds are he knows he's there, and it's just it's multiple things. It's, it's the Blackhawks winning the faceoff. It's Seth Jones avoiding the check. It's incorporating himself in this offensive situation. And you don't want him to do that every time when he's uh, one of the more important, if not the most important, defensemen on this team. But he sees the situation and understands that it's valuable for him to come down on the rush with Dickinson and with Kane in that situation. And then he doesn't think twice about shooting the puck. We've been seeing him having that shoot-first mentality a lot more over the past month and a half, maybe two months or so. But again, it's just really nice to see him seems so seeing this offensive part of his game come so naturally and as Troy had mentioned earlier not forcing things I think that's huge for him especially this year and uh, especially moving forward with this Hawks team unfortunately that Hawks lead would not last because Anaheim tied it up once again in the second period here's Leeson crossing the Hawk line on the left wing he became entangled with the Hawks Seth Jones who forces the turnover, then Seth Jones lost into the right circle, and a shot from the right circle off the stick of Megna, he scores, and for Jason Megna, that's his first duck goal. It's only his 11th NHL goal, but for Jason Megna, he was in the right spot at the right time, took the puck in the right circle, and fired it past Morazic, who was partially screened by Seth Jones, and the Ducks have tied it at two. Yeah, it was kind of a crazy situation, and, and all the positive stuff we've been talking about, Seth Jones, not that... Th- this would cancel it all out, but actually the play started with Anaheim trying to push it down into the Hawks zone, and uh, Jones racing down to the puck. I believe it was Leeson uh, was able to steal the puck from Leeson at the near half boards, take the puck away, but as he's skating in behind Alex Stalock's net, again, I'm pretty sure it was Leeson, pokes it free, and the puck just poked free right to Megna at the far circle. So, you got to give credit to Anaheim for making that play happen. A little bit of a lucky bounce. Um, 
But again, just everything happening so quickly, and that's what tied up the game at two. Neither team able to score in the third period, and then we went into overtime with the Blackhawks. Did have a good opportunity to finish this one off. Seth Jones trying to feed Tyler Johnson, who missed on the empty net, not the empty net, on the overtime game winner. And then later on, Anaheim came down the other way, and they finished this one off. Lundersom carries behind the net, chased by Jake McCabe. Lundersom around, put it in front for Toronto with a backhand. He scores! Frank Vitrano, who leads the Ducks in shots on goal. His only shot of the game ends up into the top shelf over Peter Morazic, and the Ducks fight back and win this one in overtime 3-2. So again, the Ducks extend their point streak now to five straight games. They improve to 17-29 and six with the win. The Blackhawks move to 15-29 and five with the overtime loss. We've got more to get to. We've got sound from Tyler Johnson and the head coach Luke Richardson. Uh, we do like to hear from. We would like to hear from you. That is three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. You can give us a call or you can give us a text. Just want to read a couple of texts and address them after the break uh, from the three one nine. After Kaner's comments and tone today, do you think there's much chance he's going to stay with the Blackhawks? And from the seven seven nine. Thanks, Joe, for adding to my stress level, making me think there was another day in February. Yeah. Troy and I were having some difficulty uh, finalize the possibility of it being a leap year, which it is not, uh, only here on the Blackhawks postgame show. 3-2 overtime loss to the Anaheim Ducks. We'll hear from Tyler Johnson, Luke Richardson, and you when we come back. 312-981-7200 is the number. 720 WGN. Hawks fall to the Ducks 3-2 in overtime tonight from the United Center. It's the Blackhawks' first game back after the All-Star break. The Ducks now stretch their point streak to five straight games. I'm Joe Brand. We're taking this post-game show up to 11 o'clock tonight. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Wanted to get to a text from the 319 area code. After Kaner's comments and tone today, do you think there's much chance he will stay, or do you think it's now a foregone conclusion? He's going to the Rangers or Buffalo or Ottawa. Uh, kind of intrigued why... You chose those three teams. I know the Rangers speculation has been going on for quite some time. So is the Buffalo speculation as well. Ottawa, I'm guessing it's because Alex Dabrinkit is with the Senators. Uh, listen, I, I don't think either Taze or Kane totally knows. And I, I think that's okay not to know. I think they've been nothing but transparent about what they are thinking of. I, I think they're both totally understanding the possibility that they might decide they are willing to go somewhere else that can compete for a Stanley Cup. And that would mean that their careers, at least with the Blackhawks this season, would come to an end. Uh, they are RFAs, so if they were to be traded to another team, then that new team would get first dibs on their next contract. Um, if they don't get moved, that means the Blackhawks get first dibs on their new contract. And uh, listen, it's all very complicated, intricate stuff. And I, I think Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves have called Chicago home for so long. That's why it's so indecisive right now of which way they're going to go. And I, I do think I think they're enjoying their time right now. I, I don't see why they wouldn't. They seem to be still committed to this team. 100% still committed to making themselves and this team better. And I, I think you got to credit the coaching staff for that. Luke Richardson has done a great job of keeping team morale and team camaraderie still up, 
even though it's not the best situation in year one of a rebuild. But this is a team that's still pretty close-knit, that still has a lot of fun, and uh, is still enjoying their time. Uh, Tyler Johnson had spent some time off uh, on the injured reserve, rather on injured reserve, dealing with a left ankle injury. But he is back, and he rejoined the Blackhawks lineup tonight. He was on that top line. He was a plus two with Dickinson and Kane, picking up an assist in his first game back. Let's hear from the Blackhawks number 90. Up and down for you this season, trying to get healthy, and how to feel to be back tonight? Yeah, I felt good. Um, you know, obviously being back in the lineup is always a good thing. So um, felt like uh, felt like we played pretty well, just couldn't uh, hit the puck in the net. So got to work on that a little bit, but uh, those things come. Was it frustrating to have so many chances in the third and not be able to put one away? I mean, yeah, it's frustrating, especially, I mean, being a hockey player, you want to score goals, but... Uh, at the same time, I've always been taught that you know if you're getting those chances, you just got to keep on working and keep going. So um, that's the only thing I can think of. It's you know next game they're going to go in. What do you think was working well? I guess it allowed you guys to, to create all of those chances. Well, I, I thought our D were excellent tonight. I, I thought they were gapped up all the time, um, taking away all the time and space, making great breakout passes to us. And um, you know when they do that, it just makes our job as forwards so much easier. So. Uh, credit to them. They played really well tonight. When you have so much time off the ice like you had, what's the most difficult thing to get together? Your mind, your body, what's the hardest thing? Uh, you know, I, I think it's uh, I think it's just kind of that touch, that hockey touch of being in the right spot, uh, you know, having your timing down, um, making the right plays, that kind of thing. I mean, you're practicing and you're working out and stuff, so your body's like there and your mind, you're always thinking about the game, but it's just about, uh, you know, just that timing of everything. You don't quite get that in practice because it's not quite up to full speed. Do you know what percentage you're at at this point? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I feel good right now. Um, as far as timing and everything, I could be a lot better, but... Uh, you know, my body feels pretty good. I, you know, it's nice having the week off. Um, that was kind of good timing for everything. So, uh, you know, as far as that, I feel pretty good. You might have addressed this already, but just big Jason Dickinson and, you know, came together in the run they've had. Just what, is, what has impressed you with that? Yeah, I mean, uh, that was, I think, only my second game maybe playing with uh, Dicker, but... Um, you know, he, he does kind of what Kaner wants as a center. You drive that middle, create that space for him. And when Kane has space, I mean, anything can happen. So um, they've obviously been playing pretty well before the break. And then I thought tonight we played extremely well again. It was just, you know, we got the two goals, but I think we could have got a lot more. So um, as long as we can keep building on that, uh, you know, I like where the line's at. You said your ankle feels okay. Has it been frustrating these last couple months <laughs> just having these re-aggravations? Yeah, uh, yeah, really frustrating. Um, I, you know, the last one was a little different, but related. So um, that's kind of annoying. But at the same time, there's nothing that I'm worried about or in the future that I have to worry about or anything like that. I, I mean, every day I'm getting better, and that's that's all that really matters. And like I said, um, taking that week off before break and then taking the week off at break helped me out a lot. I mean, I, I probably could have came back and played. Maybe that last game before break or something, but why? Why would do that? So it's kind of nice of the timing, and you know, of all the bad luck, I guess we got a little good luck there. 
Popped in here a little late. Did, did anybody ask you about the pass that you didn't? Well, you didn't shoot, and you passed it to Kane. Did you? Did no, I. I just thought I was kind of turned around. I did kind of a big 360 there because I didn't know Kane was there at first, so um, I was kind of disorientated. Didn't really know where the net was, but kind of thought I'd be able to get it back to him, and I was able to do it. But it was a little bit later. I probably should have taken a little bit more time on it. Yeah, I mean, I I knew where I was, but I did. Big 360, if you see how it was. So it's kind of hard to know where the goalie's at when my back's to him. So I didn't know where he was and what. Probably could have taken a second there, but I didn't want to miss that pass back to him if you know I didn't have that. We'll go ahead and give Tyler Johnson our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine with teams that take on the toughest cases at over 200 locations. We've got more to get to. One final break. The Hawks fall to the Anaheim Ducks 3-2 to tonight in overtime at the United Center. Luke Richardson, the Blackhawks head coach, will talk to us next. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. Our last stop on the Blackhawks postgame show. They fall to the Anaheim Ducks 3-2 to tonight from the United Center in overtime. I'm Joe Brand. Let's hear from the head coach, Luke Richardson. The effort needed tonight. It looks like you got it. Just came up a point short. Yeah, no, I thought we outplayed them for three periods. We had probably the most ozone time and, and rotation and uh, movement that we've had all year. Uh, you know, a couple maybe line rushes, a little too fancy, that extra pass. But, uh, uh, you know, their goalie made a few good saves, uh, especially I think on Tyler Johnson on the one power play. And, um, you know, he, he was, you know, he's a big goalie and he just uh, played well. And, uh, you know, we just didn't have that, I think, killer instinct to put that second or that third third one in in the, in the first 60 minutes. I thought we could have been up maybe a couple goals by then, but you've you got to shoot and you got to score to, to be up. What did you think of Tyler coming back tonight? Good, yeah. I thought he had a good jump, uh, you know, a little bit extra time off with the break. I thought that's, you know, he, he needs that, you know, that ankle injury early in the year. It, it, it's going to stick with players for the whole year in hockey. It's just the way it is in other sports probably as well in basketball. But, um, you know, I mean, he's a battler and he's a winner. And, uh, um, you know, I mean, he just makes our team better. He's just a good hockey player. It seems like Dickinson and Kane have a pretty good amount of chemistry building. What did you think of them playing together again tonight put points on the board? Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, you know, Dickie's skating well and he's strong in the puck right now. And uh, I think that line looked really good. I was thinking of putting Dickinson with, um, you know, Kaner in overtime, but I, I thought, you know, Tyler's got a good chemistry with him as well, so I was going to just put Dickinson out next with uh, Lafferty and try that speed uh, uh, as they also check well. Um, but, uh, you know, I think uh, they're doing really well, and I think they're, you know, you know, Dickie's got a good chance to kind of move up in the lineup, and he's taking the, making the most of it. Allowed you to have so much rotation and offense. Just, uh, I thought our forecheck was good. We talked a little bit about that. Uh, you know, I mean, that's kind of not a weak point in their game, but it's an area where their D aren't the fastest. And if we can lay pucks in behind them, and I thought Kurashev did it a few times. Uh, it, you know, on on Dickinson's goal in the second period, that was all about let, getting pucks in behind them, uh, forechecking, and turning the puck over. And Kaner made a nice play. And um, we almost did it a few more times. We just didn't connect. But uh, I thought that was part of the reason that we got it in there and got pucks in our hands uh, just uh, by putting pressure on their D and then not coming out of their, their zone clean and I thought we won a lot of face-offs tonight as well so that we started off, starting off with the puck uh, helps a lot too. Our three-star selection tonight is sponsored by CarStar. Trust CarStar North America's leading premier collision repair provider with your collision repair needs. Visit CarStar.com to find a Chicagoland location near you. 
The number one star is Frank Vetrano. He had the overtime game-winning goal tonight. Jason Megna is the number two star, scoring his first goal with the Anaheim Ducks this season. And Brett Leeson, the number two, rather the number three star tonight in the Ducks' 3-2 overtime win over the Blackhawks. Six games total in the league tonight, and let's get to a few highlights of them. And we'll start with a very exciting one in Pittsburgh. Crosby's got it. Feeds it to Latang. Wrist shot. Scores! Are you kidding me? The Penguins storm back to kick off the second half of the season with a come-from-behind 2-1 OT win over the defending champs here at PPG Paint Serena. Chris Latang, the hero for Pittsburgh. That's Josh Getzoff of Penguins Radio. Brian Russ scored with less than five minutes left in regulation to tie that game up at one apiece. And then Chris Letang with the overtime game-winning goal as the Penguins take down, as you heard Josh Getzoff say, the reigning Stanley Cup champions. Let's go to Tampa Bay. Carlson on the point. Cuts to his right. Walks into the circle. Feeds in front. They score! Timo Meyer gets his 30th goal of the season to win it for the Sharks in overtime in Tampa. And a 12-game winning streak at home for the Lightning is over. Dan Rusinowski saying it all. Yet yeah, 12 straight wins at home for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Until tonight, Timo Meyer's second goal of the night. A 4-3 overtime winner against the Lightning as uh, the Lightning do extend their point streak at home to 13 straight games, but not the way they would have liked to end it tonight. Let's go to Detroit. Blue line, Nugent Hopkins comes out with Fogel. Two on one in over the Detroit line to Fogel. Scores! Warren Fogel one-timered it, and the Oilers are up 2-1. to one. That is Cam Moon of CHED Radio, 6.30 a.m. of Edmonton. The Oilers take down the Red Wings 5-2 to two tonight at Little Caesars Arena. The Oilers beginning a four-game road trip in pretty good fashion. Detroit had won two out of the last three right before the break, but they start off the next half of the season with the loss tonight. Let's go to the island. Quick shot, left point, they score! First NHL goal for Sam Bolduc comes here tonight at UBS Arena at Belmont Park against the Seattle Kraken, and the youngster makes it one nothing New York. Congratulations, Sam! And that's all the Islanders would need, but it's not all that they got. A 4 nothing shutout for the Islanders over the Seattle Kraken. How about Bo Horvat picking up his first goal with the Islanders in his first game at UBS Arena as an Islander. The Islanders improved to 27-22-5 with their fourth straight win as Seattle gets blanked. They dropped 29-16-5. Finally, let's go to Nashville. Carrier looking to break, has a break to the net, and he scores! William Carrier again! That's 13 goals on the season, and it's 2-1 Vegas! Dave Goucher of AT&T Sportsnet of the Vegas Golden Knights television crew. How about this? The Golden Knights are on their dad's trip. They're now 6-0-1 all-time on it after the 5-1 winner over the Nashville Predators tonight. The Blackhawks' next game will be here at the United Center on Friday when they host the Arizona Coyotes. And a big rebound was there. The Wild couldn't find it. Look out. Boyd's got a break. Foldy trying to catch it. Check that. It's McBain into his backhand, and he scores. Jack McBain beats Mark andre have their first lead with under seven minutes to go.
That's Joe O'Donnell of Minnesota Wild Radio. In the last game the Coyotes played, they beat the Wild 3-2. to They'll take on the Blackhawks on Friday, coming in with a 17-28-6 and record. Blackhawks Hockey is sponsored by Sitco. Adventure awaits. Fuel up first with Sitco. Budweiser, ComEd for Business, ComEd Powering Business, Powering Lives, United Airlines, and Plumbers 911 Chicago. Visit plumbers911.com for emergency plumbing service. Big thanks to all the help we got back at the WGN studios, our production crew of Ben Anderson and Brendan Rook, along with our engineering crew of Dan Long and the tireless Crystal. The United Center, our reporter was Jack Heinrich, Paul Zarang, our Hall of Fame engineer. Troy Murray was the color analyst, and John Weideman back on play-by-play tonight as the Hawks fall to the Ducks 3-2 in overtime from the United Center. I'm Joe Brand signing off. David Jennings has your news next. After that, it's Raleigh James. Until then, we'll talk to you tomorrow night with Blackhawks Live at 7 o'clock right here on 720 WGN. You've been listening to Chicago Blackhawks Hockey on Blackhawks Radio, 720 WGN. Streaming on WGNRadio.com and smart devices everywhere. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. Tonight, the Anaheim Ducks pick up their only lead in overtime, and they take down the Blackhawks and also end the Blackhawks' winning streak against the Ducks and against the Ducks here at the United Center. A 3-2 overtime win for Anaheim. They end the Blackhawks' eight-game winning streak against the Ducks. That dates back to 2018-2019. It also ends their five-game winning streak against Anaheim here at the United Center. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 11 o'clock tonight as we recap this 3-2 overtime loss that has the rather the Blackhawks moving to 15-29-5 and on the season. Anaheim extends their point streak now to five straight games. They improve to 17-29-6. Let's head on back up to the radio booth with Troy Murray as he had the call tonight with John Weideman. And Troy, it was kind of a, a streaky game altogether. Silent first and third periods, a whole lot of offense in the second period. And then overtime kind of went the way it, it normally goes with both teams getting a shot kind of right at right out of the shoot too. Hawks had a really good scoring opportunity, but a lot of posts in this one, a lot of just barely missing opportunities offensively. Uh, you kind of do see why these two teams are so similar in the standings right now uh, with, with talented players and, and talented aspects, but just have a little bit of trouble finishing off plays. And uh, this one ends up going to the Ducks for the last moment in overtime tonight. Yeah, you know, it, it is kind of what you would expect in this game. Um, you know, neither team is, it really has the capabilities of, of really kind of cranking it up offensively. So they got to play a style that, you know, matches their, their personnel. And, and I think that both teams kind of played to that tonight. You didn't expect a, a whole lot of scoring when you got the two lowest scoring teams in the NHL going up against one another. But all, both teams created chances. Both teams were smart as far as their puck management. Not too many critical turnovers. I thought there was some good effort on both sides as far as getting pucks in deep and then working the forecheck. You saw goals resulted on both sides of, of the equation from uh, a good forecheck and, and working hard. So this is pretty much what you would expect. Close shots on goal. The Ducks, though, are giving up almost 39 shots per game. The Blackhawks, 10 under that, 29. But uh, 
you know, I thought for the Ducks to play back-to-back against Dallas and, and then come in here and, and play a really solid defensive game was impressive on their end. Yeah, actually, the Blackhawks fell just one shot on goal shy of hitting my uh, save prop for Anthony Stolarz tonight. But that Oops. aside, <laughs> that aside, I, I hit the Jason Dickinson goal. But uh, and yeah, and, I did know, hear that. Well done. Was well, it, that, was it plus five or something? It was yeah, plus five ninety. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah no, I, I, t- I take a whole lot of credit. I had so much to do with that goal. No. Uh, it, it, it's been Dickinson's kind of ingenuity and, and ability to work with, with different lines, something we were talking about earlier in this one. But uh, nice to see him go on a roll like that just because, you know, this team has relied on so many different players throughout the entire year. Um, that has kind of been their M.O. this season. So it's nice to see when a guy like him is uh, is able to capitalize on the talent that he's got surrounding him with Tyler Johnson and Patrick Kane. It just seems like he meshes well with almost everyone this year. Yeah, I don't think that probably in his career, other than maybe you know a game because somebody was, was hurt or something, that Dickinson would be your top-line center and playing with your top offensive guys. And that's the role he's kind of been in here in the last little while, and he's really excelled in, in that area. I mean, what, he's got... Uh, Seven points in the last six games, four goals, three assists. So, you know, that, that's pretty impressive. And he's got the speed and the ability to, to play with uh, the skilled players. You heard him talk during the first intermission with John and I about, you know, dishing off the puck and then creating open space by driving players back and, and using his speed um, to the line's advantage. And he did exactly that in this game. And so when you see a guy that's playing with a lot of confidence like that and playing in a position where he has more offensive opportunities to excel, it's great to see. Yeah, that top line, a combined plus six. Dickinson uh, with a goal and an assist. Kane and Tyler Johnson each with an assist. And I know this is something else we talked about in one of the intermission reports, Troy, but, but Seth Jones just making things happen offensively, but but a great game overall for Jones. Uh, he had the goal, 24 minutes, nearly 25 minutes on the ice, three shots on goal, uh, two of them blocked. He had five takeaways, one blocked shot. I mean, this is a guy that's really starting to find his groove, uh, especially after the last month or so. It's just really nice to see him kind of take another level. Yeah, and I think for Seth Jones, in some ways simpler is better. I think at the beginning of the season he was trying to force too much, and that's one thing that they, they wanted him to just, you know, not worry so much about his offense. If he just concentrated on playing his, you know, defensive game, those opportunities offensively would come. You can't force those opportunities. And what I'm seeing now from Jones is he reads the play well now, knows when he can jump into the play, knows when he should just be kind of hanging back, and, and it really is kind of reflected in, in how well he has played here in the last little while, and it, it's been impressive. He's a guy that you would expect to play well and expect to be a dominant player, and you're, you're getting that from Seth Jones right now, and, and that's a really good sign. You know, as one of your highest-paid players, you want to have that um, presence out there on the ice, and he is that presence on the blue line for the Hawks right now. Yeah, and, you know, I kind of want to go in on that a little bit more because I do feel like he he tends to get a bad rap from people who are most critical about him because uh, maybe the score sheet isn't showing what, what uh, some of the top defensemen are in the league. And we've had this conversation before because the, the defensive position has changed so much, especially since, uh, you know, when you were playing. So how... How much of that is, is it just Seth Jones just playing into his own game? I mean, I know you just kind of explained it that way, but it, it's just so nice to see him that comfortable, and it doesn't look like he's, um, 
I, I don't want to misuse the word effortless because he, he's obviously out there working very hard, but it, it just seeming like it's coming a lot more naturally. And I think it's a good thing to see. Yeah, and, and, and again, kind of going back to my point that he, I, I don't see him forcing things right now. I, I see him reacting to things at the right time. And, you know, you can dictate certain things. You don't want to be reacting to everything because you want to be in a position where you're dictating what's going on there. But as a defenseman, sometimes you have to react to the play. Okay, now, like the play that uh, he ended up scoring the goal on, he, the Blackhawks win the faceoff. And he makes a play from one side of the ice to Tyler Johnson on the other. And now he reacts to the situation. He sees that this is an opportunity to jump into the play. It was the right time. It was the right place. And, and obviously you end up getting the, the results with the, with the goal at the other end of the ice. But that's, that's him reacting to the play. That's him reading the play. And I'm seeing a little bit more comfort in that area with, with Seth Jones. He's not a you know, very vocal kind of guy. He's a, he's a pretty quiet guy and keeps to himself in a lot of ways. But you're kind of seeing a little bit of a smile uh, you know, away from uh, the rink now a little bit more than I think you had, which I think he's, you know, he's happy. He went down to the All-Star game and he was, you know, excited to go down there and, and join the festivities. Uh, you know, I, so I think there is a, a real nice comfort level for Seth Jones right now playing with the Hawks. Well, we don't, uh, we don't get you until the road trip, right? You're, you're back over on the TV side of things on Friday? It, uh, it appears that way, yes. Oh, and uh, thank you for uh, clearing things up with John, how he didn't miss much in Vancouver, um, <laughs> as, as the skies were not cleared that, that day. No, that was, uh, you know, you and I had an opportunity to go out the night before, and I said, hey, you know, tomorrow when it's, you know, when the sun's up, you're going to see the mountains over here, and all, like, they weren't even, ex- they didn't even exist. <laughs> If if you had gone to Vancouver on that last trip, you wouldn't have a clue where it was in the world because you couldn't see anything. Well, luckily you and John got me very well prepared for that trip. Um, John gave me a lowdown and an itinerary about just about every place we'd stop and check and saw. And uh, well, why I, am I not surprised? <laughs> he's a very he's a very thorough guy. He, he yeah. knows he knows exactly. He kind of gave you the lowdown right after he talked to me too, right? He he wanted to make sure you were caught caught up all to speed on uh, the the Western Canadian road trip as well. I remember. Well, I don't know. You given. I'm looking at him now, and he's 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 got the bobblehead going. So I guess that means that he did say something to me. I don't remember what happened yesterday, let alone a couple of weeks ago. Well, well, yesterday you were uh, you were resting up and eating your uh, Canadian Smarties and, and getting ready for the the rest of the regular season. That's... <laughs> yeah, that's what I was doing. <laughs> All right, Troy. Well, thank you very much as always, and uh, we'll talk to you in uh, a couple of days or so. Um. Sounds good. Yeah, I look forward to it. All another right. Bit, another big uh, game for uh, the Hawks on Friday night against the Arizona Coyotes who are playing some better hockey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one of the, the few games here at the United Center in the month of February. And then we, when do we get to go to Arizona? The end of this uh, month? Yes, yes, February 28th. Actually, is that is that – are we on a leap day? No. A leap year? A leap year? A is, leap. Is, that the, is that the leap day, though? There's got to be a leap day and a leap year. The 29th, though, I think is, is leap day. We're in Anaheim on the 29th. John said we're in Anaheim on the 29th, so that means that there's a leap year. <laughs> well, I don't know. The schedule I'm looking at is uh, the Hawks are in Anaheim on the 27th, Arizona on the 28th, and then uh, it can't be a leap year because it's not no, it's a numbered not. year. It's not. Okay. Well, we'll we'll man, we'll get our calendar expert in on the next yeah. broadcast. Yeah, we're we're gonna. Twenty seventh, twenty eighth. 
Yeah. John is trying to add here, so we'll just we'll move on from that because <laughs> he's trying to figure out what days of the week and it's right now. Okay, I know it is I the twenty eighth, and uh, but I, I, my point was is I'm, I'm looking forward to going to this Mullet Arena. Oh yes, 40, yes, 40, yes. Forty eight hundred uh, um, seats uh-huh. attendance. Um, it's been packed. I guess it's uh, you know obviously when you've got thirteen rows in the building. That's right. all you have. So it's under 5,000. The broadcast position is right down next to the ice, 13 rolls up. So it's going to be great in that area. I guess there's a great atmosphere in there. So, um, you know, and, and you know, there's going to be a lot of Chicago fans there. Absolutely. At that time of year. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Well, and also, you know, I know that place is getting a bad rap. And I, I know, I'm sure it's far and away from what most NHL teams are used to. But I, I've always wondered, you know, could they just turn that into a very exclusive event like hey we only we only have 5000 seats here so you know you better you better come here when you can and when well, you get Joel, the that's that's what they that's what they've said though is it's like their revenue is going to be more this year than it was you know when he, when they had more people at the other building um, because of supply, supply and demand obviously you know they they're charging higher prices for them and and uh, people want to go see you know you, you I I think the problem and I, I'm stepping out of my league here, but the destination rink in in, uh, in uh, Glendale just didn't work. Right. It just it didn't work. It's too far out of the way, and it was too much trouble. And and yeah, if the team was doing great, the, you know, the, the support was there. But you know, it's a, it was a tough commute, and I think they're in a better place now. And and if they can get a building downtown, I think that would you know even be better moving forward at some point in the future. But uh, you know. Every team likes to go out to Arizona. The weather's nice, and hockey's played in the winter. So Right. No, and, and I agree. I, I know a little bit about Arizona and, and everything that goes on over there, and it, it works for football because it's it's a one-day-of-the-week event. Right. Hockey is yeah. multiple nights, weeknights, weekend nights, and it's it's tough to get people out there. So Yeah, the weekend games are, are kind of a premium out there because you don't have the, the weekday traffic. Trying to get the, out that way with the, the traffic, the infrastructure in that area, because of the area has grown so fast that uh, the infrastructure in some ways just doesn't kind of handle the, the traffic problems that uh, have arisen, has arisen up there. Man, we have, there, out there. We, we have covered uh, quite a lot on this postgame show, nothing that I thought we would. So uh, I, I can't wait till we get more. Uh, well, okay, and... let's do a little quick recap here. <laughs> On, on Arizona's economy or the league? No, year? no, on, on the game tonight. Oh, okay. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. you know, here, here we are. Blackhawks post game show, seven twenty. Hawks, Hawks were up one nothing. Mm-hmm. Tied. They're up two to one. Tied, yes. and they lose in overtime. Good game, Jake and Jason uh, Dickinson. A, a goal and an assist in this one was was excellent. And uh, I thought Patrick Kane dominated this game when he uh, had the opportunity to do so when he got the puck, and I, I thought he was excellent. And just did, during the second intermission, went up here and talked to all the scouts here. And, you know, it's just, gee, there's a lot of you guys here. And he goes, yeah, it's that time of year. <laughs> so, yeah, no, when I'm we're not. out in Arizona, we're going to be right next to the deadline. So it might be interesting. That will be. So a whole bunch of things to look forward to for that, for that Arizona game. But all right, Troy, I, I'll, I'll let you get out of here. Thank you very much <laughs> for, for the expanded insight we got from you tonight. You'll be good, Joe. I'll try. I'll try. All right. That that is Troy Murray. He and John Wideman with the call tonight as the Blackhawks fall to the Anaheim Ducks, three two in overtime. And we'd like to hear from you three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. You can give us a call. You can give us a text. 
you're at the game, we'd like to hear from you. We're taking this post-game show up to 11 o'clock. We've got more to get to. Jack Heinrich's already back from the Blackhawks dressing room. We're going to hear from Tyler Johnson, Jason Dickinson, and the head coach, Luke Richardson. All that and more coming up next. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show after a 3-2 overtime loss to the Anaheim Ducks. And we'd like to hear from you. 312-981-7200 here on 720 WGN. Hawks fall to the Anaheim Ducks 3-2 in overtime tonight. For the Hawks, they see their winning streak against the Anaheim Ducks come to an end. Uh, actually, shout out to Jenna Rose. She and John Hansen do a great job at the United Center um, in the uh, in-arena performances. There are in-arena hosts, and uh, yeah, totally slipped my mind that the Hawks had such a fruitful winning streak against the Anaheim Ducks, but an eight-game winning streak against the Ducks dating back to 2018-2019 until tonight. Uh, they also had won their previous five straight games against the Ducks at the United Center again until tonight. They extend those in point streak fashion, but not in wins as they fall in overtime 3-2 to two tonight as Frank Vetrano had the game-winning goal. should note that the Ducks are on a five-game point streak, though, and uh, they do gain two points tonight, so that gives them 40 on the season, and the Blackhawks earning one gives them 35. And I think you know what I'm hinting at there when I talk about how many points the Blackhawks and the Ducks have. Let's get to the highlights of this one. As Troy Murray and I were talking, it was kind of a slow first period, uh, especially in the first five minutes or so. Neither team really generating a whole lot offensively, and that was kind of expected um, heading into this game. Hawks are coming off the All-Star break. The Anaheim Ducks are coming off uh, a long travel after losing to the Dallas Stars last night in the shootout and uh, just their second game back from the All-Star break. So a little bit of a lackluster first period. There was a situation where Boris Kachuk was into the penalty box for a high-sticking penalty, a double minor. Um, Eventually the Ducks committed a penalty on their own, so the Hawks and Ducks had some four-on-four hockey. A couple of good scoring opportunities, one of them being Philip Kurashev nearly feeding Andreas Athanasiu with a backwards pass right in front of the crease, and that was something else that Troy and I had talked about, about Philip Kurashev's ability to move the puck around a little bit more. Um, uh, just very impressive. He, he, he definitely has those puck-handling skills, but uh, isn't totally consistent with it yet but the flashes in the pan that we do see from him are very impressive and if he can really continue that and really take his game up to a next level uh, that could be a very important piece for this Blackhawks team moving forward especially with how young he still is he's just been on the Hawks for the past couple of years but uh, that, that could still be a very big piece so neither team was able to score until the second period and when they finally did it was the Blackhawks scoring first Zegers in the left corner Centered around behind the net and out to the right point, and John Klingberg was late getting there. Puck slides all the way down into the duck in. In the near corner, puck given up. Here's Dickinson in front, shoots and scores! Three goals in his last three games for Jason Dickinson. He seems to have the hot stick of late. He gives the Hawks a 1-0 lead early in period number two. Absolutely does. He also has now seven points in his last six games. As John had mentioned, three straight games with a goal. Dickinson being on that top line with Tyler Johnson and Patrick Kane. And it clearly worked out tonight. And, in fact, we have the sound from Jason Dickinson in the Blackhawks dressing room. Let's hear from number 17. Yeah, I mean, playing with Kaner creates a lot of offense. So when you're creating opportunities, you start to feel really good and you get more touches. And it's a snowball effect. You know, if you get more 
uh, chances in the ozone, um, you start to feel good and you want the puck more and you want to do more with it. So it's been nice uh, getting those opportunities. Have you had to change your game at all playing with Patrick? Or? No, I don't think so. I think I try to play my game, drive the middle for him and create space and you know, try to read off him as best I can and uh, give him more time than, than uh, he has maybe recently. Is that tough time to get that one at the last, the last, at the end of the third? Yeah, that one sucked. It rolled on me there. I thought I had it under control, and I could have taken even more time with it, but I thought I could get it off, and it rolled on me, and it ended up being a muffin right into his stomach. Uh, are you just surprised about like the circumstances in which you were first even paired with with Kane on the line, and and then uh, Richardson just decided to go with it uh, from then on? I don't know. I've been pretty flexible my whole career. You know, I've played up and down the lineup everywhere I've been. Um, I pride myself in being versatile and able to adapt to whatever opportunity is presented for me. So uh, the opportunity, the way it came about, maybe a little bit uh, fortunate. It sucks when guys go down and guys got to step up, but uh, that's kind of the nature of the game. You know, there's going to be opportunities for guys everywhere, and it's uh, it's all about timing, being in the right place at the right time and taking advantage of it. When we talked this morning, you talked about the center group really communicating pretty well, and you guys had a pretty good night at the dot, even without Jonathan Taves being in the lineup. How, how did you guys talk through some of the different moving pieces they had playing at center tonight? Yeah, um, it, we were really good in the draw. I thought I was a little bit <laughs> bad, to be honest. I was getting frustrated with myself not winning them clean enough. I thought I should have had a lot more. So I was, I was watching a lot of clips on the bench between uh, – the timeouts just to try to get a read on what the guys were doing uh their timing and how much they're jumping so those are the little things i was trying to pay attention to if uh, the guy's crowding the circle or not i think that jason dickinson is a very versatile player so i think he's spot on with that assessment of himself um and troy had mentioned this in the postgame show too about dickinson playing on the top line or being the top line center in certain circumstances and playing on so many different lines with so many different teammates this year but uh, it, just think, when, when he came over here from Vancouver in a trade for Riley Stillman, which was more so an opportunity for Vancouver to bulk up defensively, obviously there was um, some money in, in the contract situations involved too, but Dickinson coming over here I, I don't think was thought of too too intently and in terms of how much he would benefit this team right now. And I don't want to sell short for... Um, what Kyle Davidson had an idea of what Jason Dickinson would be like on this team. But let's also point out how much Kyle Davidson has hit on some of these moves. You start with the Sam Lafferty one of last season, moving Alex Nylander, who uh, definitely needed a scene change, right? But in terms of the return, Sam Lafferty was another guy like, oh, yeah, you heard, good hard worker, good depth guy. Um, could definitely use a nice scene change as well. And look at what Sam Lafferty has become. You can kind of look at that with Jason Dickinson, too. I know Riley Stillman isn't having quite the year he would like to out in Vancouver, but uh, Dickinson was doing uh, a lot more things in Dallas than he was in Vancouver, but you know, different circumstances there, different team buildup, and, and different roles and responsibilities. And he comes over to this Blackhawks team, and he does so much on so many different lines. And, like, again, he, he is a versatile player. 
I mean, that is, that's, that's good scouting. That's good scouting by whether it is just Kyle Davidson or, or multiple people in the front office that have their eyes on that type of thing. Um, and just quickly going back to Sam Lafferty, I mean, he's a guy that's being talked about as in terms of trade bait. I mean, these are important hits because when it comes down to it of roster construction, and this isn't to say that Kyle Davidson, Kyle Davidson is going to nail every single move that he makes, but these types of moves with a really, really good team that's competing for a playoff spot, maybe a long playoff run, they can be pretty big moves in terms of roster construction and, and just team depth because we know very well how important team depth is for a long playoff run that we saw the Blackhawks have for so many years when they won those uh, three Stanley Cups in 2010, 2013, and 2015. Let's get back to the scoring uh, recap of this one. Again, all four goals that were scored in regulation came in the second period. We played for you Jason Dickinson's goal that put the Hawks up one nothing. Not too much later, Anaheim was able to equalize it. Klingberg on the left wing boards to Leeson. He'll fire from the left circle. They score. Leeson's first shot was stopped. He followed up and got one hand on his stick and backhanded that one past Morazic right along the ice. And the Ducks have tied it at one. So then later on, the Blackhawks with a few more opportunities. Again, kind of a lot of back-and-forth action in that second period. And then when the Blackhawks took the lead, it was, again, a heads-up play by Seth Jones. Again, the defenseman for the Blackhawks involving himself offensively. But uh, we're going to play the highlight and then break it down afterwards because I think Troy Murray brought up a lot of good points in terms of what Seth Jones did to help score this goal. Now the draw in the Hawks zone comes back to Seth Jones. Passing over to Tyler Johnson up the left wing. To Dickinson breaking into the duck end in front to Seth Jones. Shoots, he scores! Off the underneath side of the crossbar and into the near corner, then out of the duck net. But Seth Jones lights the lamp. And with 6.51 left in period number two, the Hawks have a 2-1 to lead. So again, the Hawks win a faceoff over in their own zone, and then they bring the puck down the ice. In the neutral zone, Seth Jones avoids a check and then just gets himself involved in what turned out to be basically a three-on-one. It was Dickinson kind of coming down in the slot, Jones to his right, and then Patrick Kane to Jones's right. I think Anaheim had two players um, coming down along with the Hawks three at that point, but the guy on the left wasn't really in the mix. And Seth Jones just quickly gets the pass from Dickinson and doesn't think twice, just goes ahead and shoots it, goes top shelf, gets it above Anthony Stolarz. He does have Kane to his right, maybe a little bit behind him, but odds are he knows he's there, and it's just it's multiple things. It's, it's the Blackhawks winning the faceoff. It's Seth Jones avoiding the check. It's incorporating himself in this offensive situation. And you don't want him to do that every time when he's uh, one of the more important, if not the most important defenseman on this team. But he sees the situation and understands that it's valuable for him to come down on the rush with Dickinson and with Kane in that situation. And then he doesn't think twice about shooting the puck. We've been seeing him having that shoot-first mentality a lot more over the past month and a half, maybe two months or so. But again, it's just really nice to see him seems so seeing this offensive part of his game come so naturally and as Troy had mentioned earlier not forcing things I think that's huge for him especially this year and uh, especially moving forward 
with this Hawks team. Unfortunately, that Hawks lead would not last because Anaheim tied it up once again in the second period. Here's Leeson crossing the Hawk line on the left wing. He became entangled with the Hawks. Seth Jones, who forces a turnover. Then Seth Jones lost into the right circle, and a shot from the right circle off the stick of Megna. He scores, and for Jason Megna, that's his first duck goal. It's only his 11th NHL goal, but for Jason Megna, he was in the right spot at the right time, took the puck in the right circle, and fired it past Morales who was partially screened by Seth Jones, and the Ducks have tied it at two. Yeah, it was kind of a crazy situation, and, and all the positive stuff we've been talking about, Seth Jones, not that this would cancel it all out, but actually the play started with Anaheim trying to push it down into the Hawks zone, and uh, Jones racing down to the puck. I believe it was Leeson. I uh, was able to steal the puck from Leeson at the near half boards, take the puck away, but as he's skating in behind Alex Stalock's net, again, I'm pretty sure it was Leeson, pokes it free, and the puck just poked free right to Megna at the far circle. So you got to give credit to Anaheim for making that play happen. A little bit of a lucky bounce. Um, but again, just everything happening so quickly, and that's what tied up the game at two. Neither team able to score in the third period, and then we went into overtime with the Blackhawks did have a good opportunity to finish this one off. Seth Jones trying to feed Tyler Johnson, who missed on the empty net, not the empty net, on the overtime game winner. And then later on, Anaheim came down the other way, and they finished this one off. Lundstrom carries behind the net, chased by Jake McCabe. Lundstrom around, put it in front for Toronto with a backhand. He scores! Frank Vitrano, who leads the Ducks in shots on goal. His only shot of the game ends up into the top shelf over Peter Morazic, and the Ducks fight back and win this one in overtime 3-2. to two. So again, the Ducks extend their point streak now to five straight games. They improve to 17-29-6 with the win. The Blackhawks move to 15-29-5 with the overtime loss. We've got more to get to. We've got sound from Tyler Johnson and the head coach Luke Richardson. Uh, we do like to hear from. We would like to hear from you. That is three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. You can give us a call or you can give us a text. Just want to read a couple of texts and address them after the break uh, from the three one nine. After Kaner's comments and tone today, do you think there's much chance he's going to stay with the Blackhawks? And from the seven seven nine. Thanks, Joe, for adding to my stress level, making me think there was another day in February. Yeah. Troy and I were having some difficulty uh, finalize the possibility of it being a leap year, which it is not, uh, only here on the Blackhawks postgame show. 3-2 overtime loss to the Anaheim Ducks. We'll hear from Tyler Johnson, Luke Richardson, and you when we come back. 312-981-7200 is the number. 720 WGN. Hawks fall to the Ducks. 3-2 in overtime tonight from the United Center. It's the Blackhawks' first game back after the All-Star break. The Ducks now stretch their point streak to five straight games. I'm Joe Brand. We're taking this post-game show up to 11 o'clock tonight. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Wanted to get to a text from the 319 area code. After Kaner's comments and tone today, do you think there's much chance he will stay, or do you think it's now a foregone conclusion? He's going to the Rangers or Buffalo or Ottawa. Uh, kind of intrigued why... You chose those three teams. I know the Rangers speculation has been going on for quite some time. So is the Buffalo speculation as well. Ottawa, I'm guessing it's because Alex Dabrinkit is with the Senators. Uh, listen, I, I don't think either Taze or Kane totally knows. And I, I think that's okay not to know. I think they've been nothing but transparent about 
what they are thinking of. I, I think they're both totally understanding the possibility that they might decide they are willing to go somewhere else that can compete for a Stanley Cup. And that would mean that their careers, at least with the Blackhawks this season, would come to an end. Uh, they are RFAs, so if they were to be traded to another team, then that new team would get first dibs on their next contract. Um, if they don't get moved, that means the Blackhawks get first dibs on their new contracts. And uh, listen, it's all very complicated, intricate stuff, and I, I think... Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves have called Chicago home for so long. That's why it's so indecisive right now of which way they're going to go. And I, I do think I think they're enjoying their time right now. I, I don't see why they wouldn't. They seem to be still committed to this team 100%, still committed to making themselves and this team better. And I, I think you got to credit the coaching staff for that. Luke Richardson has done a great job of keeping team morale and team camaraderie still up, even though it's not the best situation in year one of a rebuild. But this is a team that's still pretty close-knit, that still has a lot of fun, and uh, is still enjoying their time. Uh, Tyler Johnson had spent some time off uh, on the injured reserve, rather on injured reserve, dealing with a left ankle injury. But he is back and he rejoined the Blackhawks lineup tonight. He was on that top line. He was a plus two with Dickinson and Kane picking up an assist in his first game back. Let's hear from the Blackhawks number 90. Up and down for you this season, trying to get healthy, and how to feel to be back tonight? Yeah, I felt good. Um, you know, obviously being back in the lineup is always a good thing. So um, felt like uh, felt like we played pretty well, just couldn't uh, hit the puck in the net. So got to work on that a little bit, but uh, those things come. Was it frustrating to have so many chances in the third and not be able to put one away? I mean, yeah, it's frustrating, especially, I mean, being a hockey player, you want to score goals. But uh, at the same time, I've always been taught that, you know, if you're getting those chances, you just got to keep on working and keep going. So um, that's the only thing I can think of. It's, you know, the next game they're going to go in. What do you think was working well? I guess it allowed you guys to, to create all those chances. Well, I, I thought our D were excellent tonight. I, I thought they were gapped up all the time. Um, taking away all the time and space, making great breakout passes to us. And, um, you know, when they do that, it just makes our job as forwards so much easier. So uh, credit to them. They played really well tonight. When you have so much time off the ice like you had, what's the most difficult thing to get together? Your mind, your body, what's the hardest thing? Uh, you know, I, I, think it's, uh, I think it's just kind of that touch, that hockey touch of, being in the right spot, uh, you know, having your timing down, um, making the right plays, that kind of thing. I mean, you're practicing and you're working out and stuff, so your body's like there and your mind, you're always thinking about the game, but it's just about, uh, you know, just that timing of everything. You don't quite get that in practice because it's not quite up to full speed. Do you know what percentage you're at at this point? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I feel good right now. Um, as far as timing and everything, I could be a lot better, but. Uh, you know, my body feels pretty good. I, you know, it's nice having the week off. Um, that was kind of a good timing for everything. So, uh, you know, as far as I feel pretty good. You might have addressed this already, but just Dick, Jason Dickinson and, you know, came together in the, the run they've had. Just what does what this impress you with that? Yeah, I mean, I, that was, I think, only my second game maybe playing with uh, Dicker, but, um, you know, he, he does kind of what Kaner wants as a center. You drive that middle, create that space for him. And when Kane has space, I mean, anything can happen. So 
Um, they've obviously been playing pretty well before the break, and then I thought tonight we played extremely well again. It was just, you know, we got the two goals, but I think we could have got a lot more. So um, as long as we can keep building on that, uh, you know, I like where the line's at. You said your ankle feels okay. Has it been frustrating these last couple months <laughs> just having these re-aggravations? Yeah, uh, yeah, really frustrating. Um, I, you know, the last one was a little different but related, so... Um, that's kind of annoying, but at the same time, there's nothing that I'm worried about or in the future that I have to worry about or anything like that. I, I mean, every day I'm getting better, and that's that's all that really matters. And like I said, um, taking that week off before break and then taking the week off at break helped me out a lot. I mean, I, I probably could have came back and played maybe that last game before break or something, but why, why would do that? So it's kind of nice of the timing and, you know, of all the bad luck, I guess we got a little good luck there. Oh, I'm sorry, popped in here a little late. Did, did anybody ask you about the pass that you didn't? Well, you didn't shoot, and you passed it to Kane. Did you? Did no, I. I just thought I was kind of turned around. I did kind of a big 360 there because I didn't know Kane was there at first. So um, I was kind of disorientated. Didn't really know where the net was, but kind of thought I'd be able to get it back to him. And I was able to do it, but it was a little bit later. I probably should have taken a little bit more time on it. You didn't realize you were that close to the net, you mean? You're talking about the, like 15. Yeah, I mean, I I knew where I was, but I did. Big 360 if you see how it was. So it's kind of hard to know where the goalie's at when my back's to him. So I didn't know where he was and what. Probably could have taken a second there, but I didn't want to miss that pass back to him if, you know, I didn't have that. We'll go ahead and give Tyler Johnson our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine with teams that take on the toughest cases at over 200 locations. We've got more to get to. One final break. So the Hawks fall to the Anaheim Ducks 3-2 to tonight in overtime at the United Center. Luke Richardson, the Blackhawks head coach, will talk to us next. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. Our last stop on the Blackhawks postgame show. They fall to the Anaheim Ducks 3-2 to tonight from the United Center in overtime. I'm Joe Brand. Let's hear from the head coach, Luke Richardson. The effort needed tonight. It looks like you got it. Just came up a point short. Yeah, no, I thought we outplayed them for three periods. We had probably the most ozone time and, and rotation and uh, movement that we've had all year. Uh, you know, a couple maybe line rushes, a little too fancy, that extra pass. But, uh, uh, you know, their goalie made a few good saves, uh, especially I think on Tyler Johnson on the one power play. And, um, you know, he, he was, you know, he's a big goalie and he just uh, played well. And, uh, you know, we just didn't have that, I think, killer instinct to put that second or that third third one in in the, in the first 60 minutes. I thought we could have been up maybe a couple goals by then, but you've you got to shoot and you got to score to, to be up. What did you think of Tyler coming back tonight? Good, yeah. I thought he had a good jump, uh, you know, a little bit extra time off with the break. I thought that's, you know, he, he needs that, you know, that ankle injury early in the year. It's going to stick with players for the whole year in hockey. It's just the way it is in other sports, probably as well in basketball. But um, you know, I mean, he's a battler and he's a winner, and uh, um, you know, I mean, he just makes our team better. He's just a good hockey player. It seems like Dickinson and Kane have a pretty good amount of chemistry building. What did you think of them playing together again tonight? Put points on the board. Yeah, no, I think uh, you know, you know, Dickie's skating well and he's strong in the puck right now, and uh, I think that line looked really good. Uh, I was thinking of putting Dickinson with, um, you know, Kaner in overtime, but I, I thought, you know, Tyler's got a good chemistry with him as well, so I was going to just put Dickinson out next with uh, Lafferty and try that speed uh, uh, as they also check well. Um, but, uh, you know, I think uh, they're doing really well, and I think they're, you know, it, you know, Dickie's got a good chance to kind of move up in the lineup, and he's taking the, making the most of it. 
what allowed you to have so much rotation in offense? Just uh, I thought our forecheck was good. We talked a little bit about that. Uh, you know, I mean, that's kind of not a weak point in their game, but it's an area where their D aren't the fastest. And if we can lay pucks in behind them, and I thought Kurashev did it a few times. Uh, it, you know, on on Dickinson's goal in the second period, that was all about let, getting pucks in behind them, uh, forechecking, and turning the puck over. And Kaner made a nice play. And, um, we almost did it a few more times. We just didn't connect. But uh, I thought that was part of the reason that we got it in there and got pucks in our hands uh, just uh, by putting pressure on their D and then not coming out of their, their zone clean. And I thought we won a lot of face-offs tonight as well. So that we starting off, starting off with the puck uh, helps a lot too. Our three-star selection tonight is sponsored by CarStar. Trust CarStar, North America's leading premier collision repair provider, with your collision repair needs, visit carstar.com to find a Chicagoland location near you. The number one star is Frank Vetrano. He had the overtime game-winning goal tonight. Jason Begna is the number two star, scoring his first goal with the Anaheim Ducks this season. And Brett Leeson, the number two, rather the number three star tonight in the Ducks' 3-2 overtime win over the Blackhawks. Six games total in the league tonight, and let's get to a few highlights of them. And we'll start with a very exciting one in Pittsburgh. Crosby's got it. Feeds it to Latang. Wrist shot. Scores! Are you kidding me? The Penguins storm back to kick off the second half of the season with a come-from-behind 2-1 OT win over the defending champs here at PPG Paint Serena. Chris Latang, the hero for Pittsburgh. That's Josh Getzoff of Penguins Radio. Brian Russ scored with less than five minutes left in regulation to tie that game up at one apiece. And then Chris Letang with the overtime game-winning goal as the Penguins take down, as you heard Josh Getzoff say, the reigning Stanley Cup champions. Let's go to Tampa Bay. Carlson on the point. Cuts to his right. Walks into the circle. Feeds in front. They score! Timo Meyer gets his 30th goal of the season to win it for the Sharks in overtime in Tampa. And a 12-game winning streak at home for the Lightning is over. Dan Rusinowski saying it all. Yeah, 12 straight wins at home for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Until tonight, Timo Meyer's second goal of the night. A 4-3 overtime winner against the Lightning as uh, the Lightning do extend their point streak at home to 13 straight games, but not the way they would have liked to end it tonight. Let's go to Detroit. Blue line, Nugent Hopkins comes out with Fogle. Two on one in over the Detroit line to Fogle. Scores! Warren Fogle one-timered it, and the Oilers are up two to one. That is Cam Moon of CHED Radio, 6.30 a.m. of Edmonton. The Oilers take down the Red Wings 5-2 to two tonight at Little Caesars Arena. The Oilers beginning a four-game road trip in pretty good fashion. Detroit had won two out of the last three right before the break, but they start off the next half of the season with the loss tonight. Let's go to the island. Good shot, left point, they score! First NHL goal for Sam Bullduke comes here tonight at UBS Arena at Belmont Park against the Seattle Kraken, and the youngster makes it one nothing New York. Congratulations, Sam! And that's all the Islanders would need, but it's not all that they got. A 4 nothing shutout for the Islanders over the Seattle Kraken. How about Bo Horvat picking up his first goal with the Islanders in his first game at UBS Arena as an Islander. The Islanders improved to 27-22-5 with their fourth straight win as Seattle gets blanked. They dropped 29-16-5. Finally, let's go to Nashville. 
Carrier looking to break, has a break to the net, and he scores! William Carrier again! That's 13 goals on the season, and it's 2-1 Vegas! Dave Goucher of AT&T Sportsnet of the Vegas Golden Knights television crew. How about this? The Golden Knights are on their dad's trip. They're now 6-0-1 all-time on it after the 5-1 winner over the Nashville Predators tonight. The Blackhawks' next game will be here at the United Center on Friday when they host the Arizona Coyotes. And a big rebound was there. The Wild couldn't find it. Look out. Boyd's got a break. Boldy trying to catch him. Check that. It's McBain into his backhand, and he scores. Check McBain beats Mark andre have their first lead with under seven minutes to go. That's Joe O'Donnell of Minnesota Wild Radio. In the last game the Coyotes played, they beat the Wild 3-2. to two. They'll take on the Blackhawks on Friday, coming in with a 17-28 and 6 record. Blackhawks Hockey is sponsored by Sitco. Adventure awaits. Fuel up first with Sitco. Budweiser, ComEd for Business, ComEd Powering Business, Powering Lives. United Airlines and Plumbers 911 Chicago. Visit plumbers911.com for emergency plumbing service. Big thanks to all the help we got back at the WGN studios, our production crew of Ben Anderson and Brendan Rook, along with our engineering crew of Dan Long and the tireless Christopher. The United Center, our reporter was Jack Heinrich, Paul Zarang, our Hall of Fame engineer. Troy Murray was the color analyst, and John Weideman back on play by play tonight as the Hawks fall to the Ducks 3-2 in overtime from the United Center. I'm Joe Brand signing off. David Jennings has your news next. After that, it's Raleigh James. Until then, we'll talk to you tomorrow night with Blackhawks Live at 7 o'clock right here on 720 WGN. You've been listening to Chicago Blackhawks Hockey on Blackhawks Radio, 720 WGN. Streaming on WGNRadio.com and smart devices everywhere. Fall to the Anaheim Ducks, 3-2 in overtime tonight. For the Hawks, they see their winning streak against the Anaheim Ducks come to an end. Uh, actually, shout-out to Jenna Rose. She and John Hansen do a great job at the United Center um, in the uh, in-arena performances. There are in-arena hosts, and uh, yeah, totally slipped my mind that the Hawks had such a fruitful winning streak against the Anaheim Ducks, but an eight-game winning streak against the Ducks dating back to 2018-2019 until tonight. Uh, they also had won their previous five straight games against the Ducks at the United Center again until tonight. They extend those in point streak fashion, but not in wins as they fall in overtime 3-2 to two tonight as Frank Vetrano had the game-winning goal. should note that the Ducks are on a five-game point streak, though, and uh, they do gain two points tonight, so that gives them 40 on the season. And the Blackhawks earning one gives them 35. And I think you know what I'm hinting at there when I talk about how many points the Blackhawks and the Ducks have. Let's get to the highlights of this one. As Troy Murray and I were talking, it was kind of a slow first period, uh, especially in the first five minutes or so. Neither team really generating a whole lot offensively. And that was kind of expected um, heading into this game. Hawks are coming off the All-Star break. The Anaheim Ducks are coming off uh, a long travel after losing to the Dallas Stars last night in the shootout and uh, just their second game back from the All-Star break. So a little bit of a lackluster first period. There was a situation where Boris Kachuk was into the penalty box for a high-sticking penalty, a double minor. Um, Eventually the Ducks 
committed a penalty on their own, so the Hawks and Ducks had some four-on-four hockey. A couple of good scoring opportunities, one of them being Philip Kurashev nearly feeding Andreas Athanasiu with a backwards pass right in front of the crease, and that was something else that Troy and I had talked about, about Philip Kurashev's ability to move the puck around a little bit more... Um, it's uh, just very impressive. He, he he definitely has those puck handling skills, but uh, isn't totally consistent with it yet. But the flashes in the pan that we do see from him are very impressive. And if he can really continue that and really take his game up to a next level, uh, that could be a very important piece for this Blackhawks team moving forward, especially with how young he still is. He's just been on the Hawks for the past couple of years. But uh, that, that could still be a very big piece. So neither team was able to score until the second period. And when they finally did, it was the Blackhawks scoring first. Zegers in the left corner. Centered around behind the net and out to the right point. And John Klingberg was late getting there. Puck slides all the way down into the duck in. In the near corner. Puck given up. Here's Dickinson in front. Shoots and scores! Three goals in his last three games for Jason Dickinson. He seems to have the hot stick up late. He gives the Hawks a one nothing lead early in period number two. Absolutely does. He also has now seven points in his last six games. As John had mentioned, three straight games with a goal. Dickinson being on that top line with Tyler Johnson and Patrick Kane. And it clearly worked out tonight. And in fact, we have the sound from Jason Dickinson in the Blackhawks dressing room. Let's hear from number 17. Yeah, I mean, playing with Kaner creates a lot of offense, so when you're creating opportunities, you start to feel really good and you get more touches, and it's a snowball effect. You know, if you get more uh, chances in the ozone, um, you start to feel good and you want the puck more and you want to do more with it, so it's been nice uh, getting those opportunities. Have you had to change your game at all playing with Patrick? Or? No, I don't think so. I think I try to play my game, drive the middle for him and create space and you know, I'll try to read off him as best I can and uh, give him more time than than uh, he has maybe recently. Is that tough time to get that one at the last, the last, at the end of the third? Yeah, that one sucked. It rolled on me there. I thought I had it under control and I could have taken even more time with it, but I thought I could get it off and it rolled on me and it ended up being a muffin right into his stomach. Uh, are you just surprised about like the circumstances in which you were first even paired with, with Kane on the line and, and then... Uh, Richardson just decided to go with it uh, from then on? I don't know. I've been pretty flexible my whole career. You know, I've played up and down the lineup everywhere I've been. Um, I pride myself on being versatile and able to adapt to whatever opportunity is presented for me. So uh, the opportunity, the way it came about, maybe a little bit uh, fortunate. It sucks when guys go down and guys got to step up, but uh, that's kind of the nature of the game. You know, there's going to be opportunities for guys everywhere, and it's. Uh, it's all about timing, being in the right place at the right time and taking advantage of it. When we talked this morning, you talked about the center group really communicating pretty well, and you guys had a pretty good night at the dot, even without Jonathan Taves being in the lineup. How, how did you guys talk through some of the different moving pieces they had playing at center tonight? Yeah, um, it, we were really good in the draw. I thought I was a little bit <laughs> bad, to be honest. I was getting frustrated with myself not winning them clean enough. I thought I should have had a lot more. So I was... I was watching a lot of clips on the bench between uh, the timeouts just to try to get a read on what the guys were doing, uh, their timing, and how much they're jumping. So those are the little things I was trying to pay attention to, if uh, the guy's crowding the circle or not. 
I think that Jason Dickinson is a very versatile player, so I think he's spot on with that assessment of himself. Um, and Troy had mentioned this in the postgame show, too, about Dickinson playing on the top line or being the top line center in certain circumstances and playing on so many different lines with so many different teammates this year. But uh, just think, when when he came over here from Vancouver in a trade for Riley Stillman, which was more so an opportunity for Vancouver to bulk up defensively. Obviously, there was um, some money in, in the contract situations involved, too. But Dickinson coming over here, I, I don't think was thought of too too intently and in terms of how much he would benefit this team right now. And I don't want to sell short for um, what Kyle Davidson had an idea of what Jason Dickinson would be like on this team. But let's also point out how much Kyle Davidson has hit on some of these moves. You start with the Sam Lafferty one of last season, moving Alex Nylander, who uh, definitely needed a scene change, right? But in terms of the return, Sam Lafferty was another guy like, oh, yeah, you heard, good hard worker, good depth guy. Um could definitely use a nice scene change as well. And look at what Sam Lafferty has become. You can kind of look at that with Jason Dickinson, too. I know Riley Stillman isn't having quite the year he would like to out in Vancouver, but uh, Dickinson was doing uh, a lot more things in Dallas than he was in Vancouver, but you know, different circumstances there, different team buildup, and, and different roles and responsibilities. And he comes over to this Blackhawks team, and he does so much on so many different lines. And, like, again, he, he is a versatile player. I mean, that is, that's, that's good scouting. That's good scouting by whether it is just Kyle Davidson or, or multiple people in the front office that have their eyes on that type of thing. Um, and just quickly going back to Sam Lafferty, I mean, he's a guy that's being talked about as, in terms of trade bait. I mean, these are important hits because when it comes down to it of roster construction, and this isn't to say that Kyle Davidson, Kyle Davidson is going to nail every single move that he makes, but these types of moves with a really, really good team that's competing for a playoff spot, maybe a long playoff run, they can be pretty big moves in terms of roster construction and, and just team depth because we know very well how important team depth is for a long playoff run that we saw the Blackhawks have for so many years when they won those uh, three Stanley Cups in 2010, 2013, and 2015. Let's get back to the scoring uh, recap of this one. Again, all four goals that were scored in regulation came in the second period. We played for you Jason Dickinson's goal that put the Hawks up one nothing. Not too much later, Anaheim was able to equalize it. Klingberg on the left wing boards to Leeson. He'll fire from the left circle. They score. Leeson's first shot was stopped. He followed up and got one hand on his stick and backhanded that one past Morazic right along the ice. And the Ducks have tied it at one. So then later on, the Blackhawks with a few more opportunities. Again, kind of a lot of back-and-forth action in that second period. And then when the Blackhawks took the lead, it was, again, a heads-up play by Seth Jones. Again, the defenseman for the Blackhawks involving himself offensively. But uh, we're going to play the highlight and then break it down afterwards because I think Troy Murray brought up a lot of good points in terms of what Seth Jones did to help score this goal. Now the draw in the Hawks zone comes back to Seth Jones. Passing over to Tyler Johnson up the left wing. To Dickinson breaking into the duck end in front of Seth Jones. Shoots, he scores! 
fires off the underneath side of the crossbar and into the near corner, then out of the duck net. But Seth Jones lights the lamp. And with 6.51 left in period number two, the Hawks have a 2-1 to lead. So again, the Hawks win a face-off over in their own zone, and then they bring the puck down the ice. In the neutral zone, Seth Jones avoids a check and then just gets himself involved in what turned out to be basically a three-on-one. It was Dickinson kind of coming down in the slot, Jones to his right, and then Patrick Kane to Jones's right. I think Anaheim had two players um, coming down along with the Hawks three at that point, but the guy on the left wasn't really in the mix. And Seth Jones just quickly gets the pass from Dickinson and doesn't think twice, just goes ahead and shoots it, goes top shelf, gets it above Anthony Stolarz. He does have Kane to his right, maybe a little bit behind him, but odds are he knows he's there, and it's just it's multiple things. It's, it's the Blackhawks winning the faceoff. It's Seth Jones avoiding the check. It's incorporating himself in this offensive situation. And you don't want him to do that every time when he's uh, one of the more important, if not the most important defenseman on this team. But he sees the situation and understands that it's valuable for him to come down on the rush with Dickinson and with Kane in that situation. And then he doesn't think twice about shooting the puck. We've been seeing him having that shoot-first mentality a lot more over the past month and a half, maybe two months or so. But again, it's just really nice to see him seems so seeing this offensive part of his game come so naturally and as Troy had mentioned earlier not forcing things I think that's huge for him especially this year and uh, especially moving forward with this Hawks team unfortunately that Hawks lead would not last because Anaheim tied it up once again in the second period here's Leeson crossing the Hawk line on the left wing he became entangled with the Hawks Seth Jones who forces the turnover, then Seth Jones lost into the right circle, and a shot from the right circle off the stick of Megna, he scores, and for Jason Megna, that's his first duck goal. It's only his 11th NHL goal, but for Jason Megna, he was in the right spot at the right time, took the puck in the right circle, and fired it past Morazic, who was partially screened by Seth Jones, and the Ducks have tied it at two. Yeah, it was kind of a crazy situation, and, and all the positive stuff we've been talking about, Seth Jones, not that... Th- this would cancel it all out, but actually the play started with Anaheim trying to push it down into the Hawks zone and uh, Jones racing down to the puck. I believe it was Leeson uh, was able to steal the puck from Leeson at the near half boards, take the puck away, but as he's skating in behind Alex Stalock's net, again, I'm pretty sure it was Leeson, pokes it free, and the puck just poked free right to Megna at the far circle. So you got to give credit to Anaheim for making that play happen. A little bit of a lucky bounce. Um, but again, just everything happening so quickly, and that's what tied up the game at two. Neither team able to score in the third period, and then we went into overtime with the Blackhawks. Did have a good opportunity to finish this one off. Seth Jones trying to feed Tyler Johnson, who missed on the empty net, not the empty net, on the overtime game winner. And then later on, Anaheim came down the other way, and they finished this one off. Lundstrom carries behind the net, chased by Jake McCabe. Lundstrom around, put it in front for Toronto with a backhand. He scores! Frank Vitrano, who leads the Ducks in shots on goal. His only shot of the game ends up into the top shelf over Peter Morazic, and the Ducks fight back and win this one in overtime 3-2. to two. So again, the Ducks extend their point streak now to five straight games. They improve to 17-29-6 with the win. The Blackhawks move to 15-29-5 and 
with the overtime loss. We've got more to get to. We've got sound from Tyler Johnson and the head coach Luke Richardson. Uh, we do like to hear from. We would like to hear from you. That is three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. You can give us a call or you can give us a text. Just want to read a couple of texts and address them after the break uh, from the three one nine. After Kaner's comments and tone today, do you think there's much chance he's going to stay with the Blackhawks? And from the 779, thanks, Joe, for adding to my stress level, making me think there was another day in February. Yeah, Troy and I were having some difficulty uh, finalize the possibility of it being a leap year, which it is not, uh, only here on the Blackhawks postgame show. 3-2 overtime loss to the Anaheim Ducks. We'll hear from Tyler Johnson, Luke Richardson, and you. When we come back, 312-981-7200 is the number. 720 WGN. Hawks fall to the Ducks 3-2 in overtime tonight from the United Center. It's the Blackhawks' first game back after the All-Star break. The Ducks now stretch their point streak to five straight games. I'm Joe Brand. We're taking this post-game show up to 11 o'clock tonight. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Wanted to get to a text from the 319 area code. After Kaner's comments and tone today, do you think there's much chance he will stay or do you think it's now a foregone conclusion? He's going to the Rangers or Buffalo or Ottawa. Uh, kind of intrigued why you chose those three teams. I know the Rangers speculation has been going on for quite some time. So is the Buffalo speculation as well. Ottawa, I'm guessing it's because Alex Dabrinkit is with the Senators. Uh, listen, I, I don't think either Taze or Kane totally knows and i think that's okay not to know i think they've been nothing but transparent about what they are thinking of i i think they're both totally understanding the possibility that they might decide they are willing to go somewhere else that can compete for a stanley cup and that would mean that their careers at least with the blackhawks this season would come to an end uh, they are RFAs, so if they were to be traded to another team, then that new team would get first dibs on their next contract. Um, if they don't get moved, that means the Blackhawks get first dibs on their new contracts. And uh, listen, it's all very complicated, intricate stuff. And I, I think Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves have called Chicago home for so long. That's why it's so indecisive right now of which way they're going to go and I, I do think I think they're enjoying their time right now I, I don't see why they wouldn't they seem to be still committed to this team 100% still committed to making themselves and this team better and I, I think you got to credit the coaching staff for that Luke Richardson has done a great job of keeping team morale and team camaraderie still up even though it's not the best situation in year one of a rebuild. But this is a team that's still pretty close-knit, that still has a lot of fun, and uh, is still enjoying their time. Uh, Tyler Johnson had spent some time off uh, on the injured reserve, rather on injured reserve, dealing with a left ankle injury. But he is back, and he rejoined the Blackhawks lineup tonight. He was on that top line. He was a plus two with Dickinson and Kane, picking up an assist in his first game back. Let's hear from the Blackhawks number 90. Up and down for you this season, trying to get healthy, and how to feel to be back tonight? Yeah, I felt good. Um, you know, obviously being back in the lineup is always a good thing. So um, felt like uh, felt like we played pretty well, just couldn't uh, hit the puck in the net. So gotta gotta work on that a little bit, but uh, those things come. Was it frustrating to have so many chances in the third and not be able to put one away? I mean, yeah, it's frustrating, especially I mean, being a hockey player, you want to score goals, but. Uh, 
the same time, I've always been taught that, you know, if you're getting those chances, you just got to keep on working and keep going. So um, that's the only thing I can think of. It's, you know, the next game they're going to go in. What do you think was working well, I guess, that allowed you guys to, to create all of those chances? Well, I, I thought our D were excellent tonight. I, I thought they were gapped up all the time, um, taking away all the time and space, making great breakout passes to us. And, um, you know, when they do that, it just makes our job as forwards so much easier. So uh, credit to them. They played really well tonight. When you have so much time off the ice like you had, what's the most difficult thing to, to get together? Your mind, your body, what's the hardest thing? Uh, you know, I, I think it's... Uh, I think it's just kind of that touch, that hockey touch of being in the right spot, uh, you know, having your timing down, um, making the right plays, that kind of thing. I mean, you're practicing and you're working out and stuff, so your body's like there and your mind, you're always thinking about the game, but it's just about, uh, you know, just that timing of everything. You don't quite get that in practice because it's not quite up to full speed. Do you know what percentage you're at at this point? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I feel good right now. Um, as far as timing and everything, I could be a lot better. But uh, you know, my body feels pretty good. I, you know, it's nice having the week off. Um, that was kind of good timing for everything. So uh, you know, as far as that, I feel pretty good. You might have addressed this already, but just Dick, Jason Dickinson and you know Kane together and the run they've had. Just what is, what has impressed you with that? Yeah, I mean, I, that was I think only my second game maybe playing with uh, Dicker, but. Um, you know, he, he does kind of what Kaner wants as a center. You drive that middle, create that space for him. And when Kane has space, I mean, anything can happen. So um, they've obviously been playing pretty well before the break. And then I thought tonight we played extremely well again. It was just, you know, we got the two goals, but I think we could have got a lot more. So um, as long as we can keep building on that, uh, you know, I like where the line's at. You said your ankle feels okay. Has it been frustrating these last couple months <laughs> just having these re-aggravations? Yeah, uh, yeah, really frustrating. Um, I, you know, the last one was a little different, but related. So um, that's kind of annoying. But at the same time, there's nothing that I'm worried about or in the future that I have to worry about or anything like that. I, I mean, every day I'm getting better, and that's that's all that really matters. And like I said, um, taking that week off before break and then taking the week off at break helped me out a lot. I mean, I, I probably could have came back and played maybe that last game before break or something, but why, why would do that? So it's kind of nice of the timing and, you know, of all the bad luck, I guess we got a little good luck there. Uh, sorry, I popped in here a little late. Did, did anybody ask you about the pass that you didn't, well, you didn't shoot and you passed it to Kane? Did you, did no, I, I just thought I was kind of turned around. I did kind of a big 360 there because I didn't know Kane was there at first. So um, I was kind of disorientated, didn't really know where the net was, but kind of thought I'd be able to get it back to him. And I was able to do it, but it was a little bit later. I probably should have taken a little bit more time on it. You that close to the net, you mean? You're talking about the like 15 minutes ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew where I was, but I did a big 360 if you see how it was. So it's kind of hard to know where the goalie's at when my back's to him. So I didn't know where he was and what. Probably could have taken a second there, but I didn't want to p- miss that pass back to him if, you know, I didn't have that. We'll go ahead and give Tyler Johnson our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine with teams that take on the toughest cases at over 200 locations. We've got more to get to. One final break. It's the Hawks fall to the Anaheim Ducks 3-2 to tonight in overtime at the United Center. Luke Richardson, the Blackhawks head coach, will talk to us next. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. Our last stop on the Blackhawks postgame show. They fall to the Anaheim Ducks 3-2 to tonight. 
from the United Center in overtime. I'm Joe Brand. Let's hear from the head coach, Luke Richardson. The effort needed today looks like you got it. Just came up a point short. Yeah, no, I thought we outplayed them for three periods. We had probably the most ozone time and and rotation and uh, movement that we've had all year. Uh, You know, a couple maybe line rushes, a little too fancy, that extra pass, but... uh, uh, you know, their goalie made a few good saves, uh, especially I think on Tyler Johnson on the one power play. And, um, you know, he, he was, you know, he's a big goalie and he just uh, played well. And, uh, you know, we just didn't have that, I think, killer instinct to put that second or that third third one in in the, in the first 60 minutes. I thought we could have been up maybe a couple goals by then, but you, you just got to shoot and you got to score to, to be up. What did you think of Tyler coming back tonight? Good. Yeah, I thought he had a good jump. Uh, you know, a little bit extra time off with the break. I thought that's, you know, he, he needs that, you know, that ankle injury early in the year. It, it, it's going to stick with players for the whole year in hockey. It's just the way it is in other sports probably as well in basketball. But, um, you know, I mean, he's a battler and he's a winner. And, uh, um, you know, I mean, he just makes our team better. He's just a good hockey player. It seems like Dickinson and Kane have a pretty good amount of chemistry building. What did you think of them playing together again tonight, put points on the board? Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, you know, Dickie's skating well, and he's strong in the puck right now, and uh, I think that line looked really good. Uh, I was thinking of putting Dickinson with, um, you know, Kane or in overtime, but I, I thought, you know, Tyler's got a good chemistry with him as well, so I was going to just put Dickinson out next with uh, Lafferty and try that speed uh, uh, as they also check well. Um, but, uh, you know, I think uh, they're doing really well, and I think they're, you know, it, you know, Dickie's got a good chance to kind of move up in the lineup, and he's taking the, making the most of it. Allowed you to have so much rotation at offense. Just, uh, I thought our forecheck was good. We talked a little bit about that. Uh, you know, I mean, that's kind of not a weak point in their game, but it's an area where their D aren't the fastest. And if we can lay pucks in behind them, and I thought Kurashev did it a few times. Uh, it, you know, on on Dickinson's goal in the second period, that was all about let, getting pucks in behind them, uh, forechecking, and turning the puck over. And Kaner made a nice play. And um, we almost did it a few more times. We just didn't connect. But uh, I thought that was part of the reason that we got it in there and got pucks in our hands uh, just uh, by putting pressure on their D and then not coming out of their, their zone clean and I thought we won a lot of face-offs tonight as well so that we starting off, starting off with the puck uh, helps a lot too. Our three-star selection tonight is sponsored by CarStar. Trust CarStar North America's leading premier collision repair provider with your collision repair needs. Visit CarStar.com to find a Chicagoland location near you. The number one star is Frank Vetrano. He had the overtime game-winning goal tonight. Jason Begna is the number two star, scoring his first goal with the Anaheim Ducks this season. And Brett Leeson, the number two, rather the number three star tonight in the Ducks' 3-2 overtime win over the Blackhawks. Six games total in the league tonight, and let's get to a few highlights of them. And we'll start with a very exciting one in Pittsburgh. Crosby's got it. Feeds it to Latang. Wrist shot. Scores! Are you kidding me? The Penguins storm back to kick off the second half of the season with a come-from-behind 2-1 OT win over the defending champs here at PPG Paint Serena. Chris Latang, the hero for Pittsburgh. That's Josh Getzoff of Penguins Radio. Brian Russ scored with less than five minutes left in regulation to tie that game up at one apiece. And then Chris Letang with the overtime game-winning goal as the Penguins take down, as you heard Josh Getzoff say, the reigning Stanley Cup champions. Let's go to Tampa Bay. Carlson on the point. 
cuts to his right, walks into the circle, feeds in front, they score! Timo Meyer gets his 30th goal of the season to win it for the Sharks in overtime in Tampa, and a 12-game winning streak at home for the Lightning is over! Dan Rusinowski saying it all, yet yeah, 12 straight wins at home for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Until tonight, Timo Meyer's second goal of the night, a 4-3 overtime winner against the Lightning, as uh, the Lightning do extend their point streak at home to 13 straight games, but not the way they would have liked to end it tonight. Let's go to Detroit. Blue line, Nugent Hopkins comes out with Fogel, two on one, in over the Detroit line to Fogel, scores! Warren Fogel one-timered it, and the Oilers are up two to one. That is Cam Moon of CHED Radio, 6.30 a.m. of Edmonton. The Oilers take down the Red Wings 5-2 to tonight at Little Caesars Arena. The Oilers beginning a four-game road trip in pretty good fashion. Detroit had won two out of the last three right before the break, but they start off the next half of the season with the loss tonight. Let's go to the island. Big shot left point. They score! First NHL goal for Sam Bullduke comes here tonight at UBS Arena at Belmont Park against the Seattle Kraken, and the youngster makes it one nothing New York. Congratulations, Sam! And that's all the Islanders would need, but it's not all that they got. A 4 nothing shutout for the Islanders over the Seattle Kraken. How about Bo Horvat picking up his first goal with the Islanders in his first game at UBS Arena as an Islander. The Islanders improved to 27-22-5 with their fourth straight win as Seattle gets blanked. They dropped 29-16-5. Finally, let's go to Nashville. Carrier looking to break, has a break to the net, and he scores! William Carrier again! That's 13 goals on the season, and it's 2-1 Vegas! Dave Goucher of AT&T Sportsnet of the Vegas Golden Knights television crew. How about this? The Golden Knights are on their dad's trip. They're now 6-0-1 all-time on it after the 5-1 winner over the Nashville Predators tonight. The Blackhawks' next game will be here at the United Center on Friday when they host the Arizona Coyotes. And a big rebound was there. The Wild couldn't find it. Look out. Boyd's got a break. Boldy trying to catch it. Check that. It's McBain into his backhand, and he scores. Jack McBain beats Mark andre have their first lead with under seven minutes to go. That's Joe O'Donnell of Minnesota Wild Radio. In the last game the Coyotes played, they beat the Wild 3-2. to They'll take on the Blackhawks on Friday, coming in with a 17-28-6 record. Blackhawks hockey is sponsored by Sitco. Adventure awaits. Fuel up first with Sitco. Budweiser, ComEd for Business, ComEd Powering Business, Powering Lives. United Airlines, and Plumbers 911 Chicago. Visit plumbers911.com for emergency plumbing service. Big thanks to all the help we got back at the WGN Studios, our production crew of Ben Anderson and Brendan Rook, along with our engineering crew of Dan Long and the tireless Crystal. The United Center, our reporter was Jack Heinrich, Paul Zarang, our Hall of Fame engineer. Troy Murray was the color analyst, and John Weideman back on play-by-play tonight as the Hawks fall to the Ducks 3-2 in overtime from the United Center. I'm Joe Brand signing off. David Jennings has your news next. After that, it's Raleigh James. Until then, we'll talk to you tomorrow night with Blackhawks Live at 7 o'clock right here on 720 WGN. You've been listening to Chicago Blackhawks Hockey on Blackhawks Radio, 720 WGN. Streaming on WGNRadio.com and smart devices everywhere.
Hawks fall to the Ducks 3-2 in overtime tonight from the United Center. It's the Blackhawks' first game back after the All-Star break. The Ducks now stretch their point streak to five straight games. I'm Joe Brand. We're taking this post-game show up to 11 o'clock tonight. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Wanted to get to a text from the 319 area code. After Kaner's comments and tone today, do you think there's much chance he will stay, or do you think it's now a foregone conclusion? He's going to the Rangers or Buffalo or Ottawa. Uh, kind of intrigued why you chose those three teams. I know the Rangers speculation has been going on for quite some time. So is the Buffalo speculation as well. Ottawa, I'm guessing it's because Alex Dabrinkit is with the Senators. Uh, listen, I, I don't think either Taze or Kane totally knows, and I, I think that's okay not to know. I think they've been nothing but transparent about what they are thinking of. I, I think they're both totally understanding the possibility that they might decide they are willing to go somewhere else that can compete for a Stanley Cup. And that would mean that their careers, at least with the Blackhawks this season, would come to an end. Uh, They are RFAs, so if they were to be traded to another team, then that new team would get first dibs on their next contract. Um, If they don't get moved, that means the Blackhawks get first dibs on their new contract. And uh, listen, it's all very complicated, intricate stuff. And I I think Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves have called Chicago home for so long. That's why it's so indecisive right now of which way they're going to go. And I I do think think they're enjoying their time right now. I, I don't see why they wouldn't. They seem to be still committed to this team. 100% still committed to making themselves and this team better. And I I think you got to credit the coaching staff for that. Luke Richardson has done a great job of keeping team morale and team camaraderie still up, even though it's not the best situation in year one of a rebuild. But this is a team that's still pretty close-knit, that still has a lot of fun, and uh, is still enjoying their time. Uh, Tyler Johnson had spent some time off. Uh, on the injured reserve, rather on injured reserve, dealing with a left ankle injury. But he is back, and he rejoined the Blackhawks lineup tonight. He was on that top line. He was a plus two with Dickinson and Kane, picking up an assist in his first game back. Let's hear from the Blackhawks number 90. Up and down for you this season, trying to get healthy, and how to feel to be back tonight? Yeah, I felt good. Um, you know, obviously being back in the lineup is always a good thing. So um, felt like uh, felt like we played pretty well, just couldn't uh, hit the puck in the net, so got to work on that a little bit, but uh, those things come. Was it frustrating to have so many chances in the third and not be able to put one away? I mean, yeah, it's frustrating, especially, I mean, being a hockey player, you want to score goals, but uh, at the same time, I've always been taught that, you know, if you're getting those chances, you just got to keep on working and keep going, so um, that's the only thing I can think of. It's, you know, next game they're going to go in. What do you think was working well, I guess, that allowed you guys to, to create all of those chances? Well, I, I thought our D were excellent tonight. I, I thought they were gapped up all the time, um, taking away all the time and space, making great breakout passes to us. And um, you know, when they do that, it just makes our job as forwards so much easier. So, uh, credit to them; they played really well tonight. When you have so much time off the ice, like you had, what's the most difficult thing to get together? Your mind, your body. What's the hardest thing? Uh, you know, I, I think it's. Uh, I think it's just kind of that touch, that hockey touch of 
being in the right spot, uh, you know, having your timing down, um, making the right plays, that kind of thing. I mean, you're practicing and you're working out and stuff, so your body's like there and your mind, you're always thinking about the game, but it's just about, uh, you know, just that timing of everything. You don't quite get that in practice because it's not quite up to full speed. Do you know what percentage you're at at this point? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I feel good right now. Um, as far as timing and everything, I could be a lot better, but uh, you know, my body feels pretty good. I, you know, it's nice having the week off. Um, that was kind of good timing for everything. So, uh, you know, as far as that, I feel pretty good. You might have addressed this already, but just Dick, Jason Dickinson and you know Kane together and the run they've had. Just what is, what has impressed you with that? Yeah, I mean, that I, I was I think only my second game maybe playing with uh, Dicker, but. Um, you know, he, he does kind of what Kaner wants as a center. You drive that middle, create that space for him. When Kane has space, I mean, anything can happen. So um, they've obviously been playing pretty well before the break. And then I thought tonight we played extremely well again. It was just, you know, we got the two goals, but I think we could have got a lot more. So um, as long as we can keep building on that, uh, you know, I like where the line's at. You said your ankle feels okay. Has it been frustrating these last couple of months <laughs> just having these re-aggravations? Yeah, uh, yeah, really frustrating. Um, I, you know, the last one was a little different, but related. So um, that's kind of annoying. But at the same time, there's nothing that I'm worried about or in the future that I have to worry about or anything like that. I, I mean, every day I'm getting better, and that's that's all that really matters. And like I said, um, taking that week off before break and then taking the week off at break helped me out a lot. I mean, I, I probably could have came back and played. Maybe that last game before break or something, but why? Why would do that? So it's kind of nice of the timing, and you know, of all the bad luck, I guess we got a little good luck there. Uh, sorry, popped in here a little late. Did, did anybody ask you about the pass that you didn't? Well, you didn't shoot, and you passed it to Kane. Did you? Did no, I. I just thought I was kind of turned around. I did kind of a big 360 there because I didn't know Kane was there at first, so um, I was kind of disorientated. Didn't really know where the net was, but kind of thought I'd be able to get it back to him and. I was able to do it, but it was a little bit later. I probably should have taken a little bit more time on it. You're talking about like 15 Yeah, I mean, I, I knew where I was, but I did a big 360 if you see how it was. So it's kind of hard to know where the goalie's at when my back's to him, so I didn't know where he was and what. Probably could have taken a second there, but I didn't want to miss that pass back to him if you know I didn't have that. We'll go ahead and give Tyler Johnson our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine with teams that take on the toughest cases at over 200 locations. We've got more to get to. One final break. It's the Hawks fall to the Anaheim Ducks 3-2 to tonight in overtime at the United Center. Luke Richardson, the Blackhawks head coach, will talk to us next. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. Our last stop on the Blackhawks postgame show. They fall to the Anaheim Ducks 3-2 to tonight from the United Center in overtime. I'm Joe Brand. Let's hear from the head coach, Luke Richardson. The effort needed tonight, it looks like you got it. Just came up a point short. Yeah, no, I thought we outplayed them for three periods. We had probably the most ozone time and, and rotation and uh, movement that we've had all year. Uh, you know, a couple maybe line rushes, a little too fancy, that extra pass, but... Uh, uh, you know, their goalie made a few good saves, uh, especially I think on Tyler Johnson on the one power play. And, um, you know, he, he was, you know, he's a big goalie and he just uh, played well. And, uh, you know, we just didn't have that, I think, killer instinct to put that second or that third third one in in the, in the first 60 minutes. I thought we could have been up maybe a couple goals by then, but you've you got to shoot and you got to score to be up. 
Did you think of Tyler coming back tonight? Good. Yeah, I thought he had a good jump. Uh, you know, a little bit extra time off with the break. I thought that's you know he, he needs that you know that ankle injury early in the year. It's going to stick with players for the whole year in hockey. It's just the way it is in other sports, probably as well in basketball. But um, you know, I mean, he's a battler and he's a winner, and uh, um, you know, I mean, he just makes our team better. He's just a good hockey player. It seems like Dickinson and Kane have a pretty good amount of chemistry building. What did you think of them playing together again tonight? Put points on the board. Yeah, no, I think uh, you know. You know, Dickie's skating well, and he's strong in the puck right now. And uh, I think that line looked really good. Uh, I was thinking of putting Dickinson with, um, you know, Kaner in overtime, but I, I thought, you know, Tyler's got a good chemistry with him as well. So I was going to just put Dickinson out next with uh, Lafferty and try that speed uh, uh, as they also check well. Um, but uh, you know, I think uh, they're doing really well, and I think they're, you know, it, you know, Dickie's got a good chance to kind of move up in the lineup, and he's taking the making the most of it. Allowed you to have so much rotation and offense. Just, uh, I thought our forecheck was good. We talked a little bit about that. Uh, you know, I mean, that's kind of not a weak point in their game, but it's an area where their D aren't the fastest. And if we can lay pucks in behind them, and I thought Kurashev did it a few times. Uh, it, you know, on on Dickinson's goal in the second period, that was all about let, getting pucks in behind them, uh, forechecking, and turning the puck over. And Kaner made a nice play. And um, we almost did it a few more times. We just didn't connect. But uh, I thought that was part of the reason that we got it in there and got pucks in our hands uh, just uh, by putting pressure on their D and then not coming out of their, their zone clean and I thought we won a lot of face-offs tonight as well so that we started off, starting off with the puck uh, helps a lot too. Our three-star selection tonight is sponsored by CarStar. Trust CarStar North America's leading premier collision repair provider with your collision repair needs. Visit CarStar.com to find a Chicagoland location near you. The number one star is Frank Vetrano. He had the overtime game-winning goal tonight. Jason Begna is the number two star, scoring his first goal with the Anaheim Ducks this season. And Brett Leeson, the number two, rather the number three star tonight in the Ducks' 3-2 overtime win over the Blackhawks. Six games total in the league tonight, and let's get to a few highlights of them. And we'll start with a very exciting one in Pittsburgh. Crosby's got it. Feeds it to Latang. Wrist shot. Scores! Are you kidding me? The Penguins storm back to kick off the second half of the season with a come-from-behind 2-1 OT win over the defending champs here at PPG Paint Serena. Chris Latang, the hero for Pittsburgh. That's Josh Getzoff of Penguins Radio. Brian Russ scored with less than five minutes left in regulation to tie that game up at one apiece. And then Chris Letang with the overtime game-winning goal as the Penguins take down, as you heard Josh Getzoff say, the reigning Stanley Cup champions. Let's go to Tampa Bay. Carlson on the point. Cuts to his right. Walks into the circle. Feeds in front. They score! Timo Meyer gets his 30th goal of the season to win it for the Sharks in overtime in Tampa. And a 12-game winning streak at home for the Lightning is over. Dan Rusinowski saying it all. Yet yeah, 12 straight wins at home for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Until tonight, Timo Meyer's second goal of the night. A 4-3 overtime winner against the Lightning as uh, the Lightning do extend their point streak at home to 13 straight games, but not the way they would have liked to end it tonight. Let's go to Detroit. Blue line, Nugent Hopkins comes out with Fogle. Two on one in over the Detroit line to Fogle. Scores! Warren Fogle one-timered it, and the Oilers are up two to one. 
That is Cam Moon of CHED Radio, 6.30 a.m. of Edmonton. The Oilers take down the Red Wings 5-2 to tonight at Little Caesars Arena. The Oilers beginning a four-game road trip in pretty good fashion. Detroit had won two out of the last three right before the break, but they start off the next half of the season with the loss tonight. Let's go to the island. Quick shot, left point, they score! First NHL goal for Sam Bolduc! Comes here tonight at UBS Arena at Belmont Park against the Seattle Kraken. And the youngster makes it 1-0 New York. Congratulations, Sam! And that's all the Islanders would need, but it's not all that they got. A 4-0 shutout for the Islanders over the Seattle Kraken. How about Bo Horvat picking up his first goal with the Islanders in his first game at UBS Arena as an Islander. The Islanders improved to 27-22-5 with their fourth straight win. As Seattle gets blanked, they drop to 29-16-5. Finally, let's go to Nashville. Carrier looking to break, has a break to the net, and he scores! William Carrier again! That's 13 goals on the season, and it's 2-1 Vegas! Dave Goucher of AT&T Sportsnet of the Vegas Golden Knights television crew. How about this? The Golden Knights are on their dad's trip. They're now 6-0-1 all-time on it after the 5-1 winner over the Nashville Predators tonight. The Blackhawks' next game will be here at the United Center on Friday when they host the Arizona Coyotes. And a big rebound was there. The Wild couldn't find it. Look out. Boyd's got a break. Boldy trying to catch him. Check that. It's McBain into his backhand, and he scores. Jack McBain beats Mark andre have their first lead with under seven minutes to go. That's Joe O'Donnell of Minnesota Wild Radio. In the last game the Coyotes played, they beat the Wild 3-2. to They'll take on the Blackhawks on Friday, coming in with a 17-28-6 record. Blackhawks hockey is sponsored by Sitco. Adventure awaits. Fuel up first with Sitco. Budweiser, ComEd for Business, ComEd Powering Business, Powering Lives. United Airlines, and Plumbers 911 Chicago. Visit plumbers911.com for emergency plumbing service. Big thanks to all the help we got back at the WGN studios, our production crew of Ben Anderson and Brendan Rook, along with our engineering crew of Dan Long and the tireless Crystal. The United Center, our reporter was Jack Heinrich, Paul Zarang, our Hall of Fame engineer. Troy Murray was the color analyst, and John Weideman back on play-by-play tonight as the Hawks fall to the Ducks 3-2 in overtime from the United Center. I'm Joe Brand signing off. David Jennings has your news next. After that, it's Raleigh James. Until then, we'll talk to you tomorrow night with Blackhawks Live at 7 o'clock right here on 720 WGN. You've been listening to Chicago Blackhawks Hockey on Blackhawks Radio, 720 WGN. Streaming on WGNRadio.com and smart devices everywhere. Our last stop on the Blackhawks post-game show. They fall to the Anaheim Ducks 3-2 tonight from the United Center in overtime. I'm Joe Brand. Let's hear from the head coach, Luke Richardson. The effort needed tonight. It looks like you got it. Just came up a point short. Yeah, no, I thought we outplayed them for three periods. We had probably the most ozone time and, and rotation and uh, movement that we've had all year. Uh, you know, a couple maybe line rushes, a little too fancy, that extra pass, but... Uh, uh, you know, their goalie made a few good saves, uh, especially I think on Tyler Johnson on the one power play. And, um, you know, he, he was, you know, he's a big goalie and he just uh, played well. 
and uh, you know we just didn't have that I think killer instinct to put that second or that third third one in in the in the first 60 minutes. I thought we could have been up maybe a couple goals by then, but you you got to shoot and you got to score to to be up. Did you think of Tyler coming back tonight? Good, yeah. I thought he had a good jump. Uh, you know, a little bit extra time off with the break. I thought that's you know he he needs that you know that ankle injury early in the year. It's going to stick with players for the whole year in hockey. It's just the way it is in other sports, probably as well in basketball. But um, you know, I mean, he's a battler and he's a winner, and uh, um, you know, I mean, he just makes our team better. He's just a good hockey player. It seems like Dickinson and Kane have a pretty good amount of chemistry building. What did you think of them playing together again tonight? Put points on the board. Yeah, no, I think uh, you know, you know, Dickie's skating well and he's strong in the puck right now, and uh, I think that line looked really good. Uh, I was thinking of putting Dickinson with, um, you know, Kaner in overtime, but I, I thought, you know, Tyler's got a good chemistry with him as well, so I was going to just put Dickinson out next with uh, Lafferty and try that speed uh, uh, as they also check well. Um, but, uh, you know, I think uh, they're doing really well, and I think they're, you know, it, you know, Dickie's got a good chance to kind of move up in the lineup, and he's taking the, making the most of it. Allowed you to have so much rotation and offense. Just, uh, I thought our forecheck was good. We talked a little bit about that. Uh, you know, I mean, that's kind of not a weak point in their game, but it's an area where their D aren't the fastest. And if we can lay pucks in behind them, and I thought Kershev did it a few times. Uh, it, you know, on on Dickinson's goal in the second period, that was all about let, getting pucks in behind them, uh, forechecking, and turning the puck over. And Kaner made a nice play. And, um, we almost did it a few more times. We just didn't connect. But uh, I thought that was part of the reason that we got it in there and got pucks in our hands uh, just uh, by putting pressure on their D and then not coming out of their, their zone clean and I thought we won a lot of face-offs tonight as well so that we starting off, starting off with the puck uh, helps a lot too. Our three-star selection tonight is sponsored by CarStar. Trust CarStar North America's leading premier collision repair provider with your collision repair needs. Visit CarStar.com to find a Chicagoland location near you. The number one star is Frank Vetrano. He had the overtime game-winning goal tonight. Jason Begna is the number two star, scoring his first goal with the Anaheim Ducks this season. And Brett Leeson, the number two, rather the number three star tonight in the Ducks' 3-2 overtime win over the Blackhawks. Six games total in the league tonight, and let's get to a few highlights of them. And we'll start with a very exciting one in Pittsburgh. Crosby's got it. Feeds it to a tag. Wrist shot. Scores! Are you kidding me? The Penguins storm back to kick off the second half of the season with a come-from-behind 2-1 OT win over the defending champs here at PPG Paint Serena. Chris Letang, the hero for Pittsburgh. That's Josh Getzoff of Penguins Radio. Brian Russ scored with less than five minutes left in regulation to tie that game up at one apiece. And then Chris Letang with the overtime game-winning goal as the Penguins take down, as you heard Josh Getzoff say, the reigning Stanley Cup champions. Let's go to Tampa Bay. Carlson on the point. Cuts to his right. Walks into the circle. Feeds in front. They score! Timo Meyer gets his 30th goal of the season to win it for the Sharks in overtime in Tampa. And a 12-game winning streak at home for the Lightning is over. Dan Rusinowski saying it all. Yet yeah, 12 straight wins at home for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Until tonight, Timo Meyer's second goal of the night. A 4-3 overtime winner against the Lightning as uh, the Lightning do extend their point streak at home to 13 straight games, but not the way they would have liked to end it tonight. Let's go to Detroit. Blue line, Nugent Hopkins comes out with Fogle. Two on one in over the Detroit line to Fogle. Score! 
Rodgers. Warren Fogle one-timered it, and the Oilers are up 2-1. to one. That is Cam Moon of CHED Radio, 6.30 a.m. of Edmonton. The Oilers take down the Red Wings 5-2 to two tonight at Little Caesars Arena. The Oilers beginning a four-game road trip in pretty good fashion. Detroit had won two out of the last three right before the break, but they start off the next half of the season with the loss tonight. Let's go to the island. Quick shot, left point, they score! First NHL goal for Sam Bolduc! Comes here tonight at UBS Arena at Belmont Park against the Seattle Kraken, and the youngster makes it one nothing. New York. Congratulations, Sam! And that's all the Islanders would need, but it's not all that they got. A 4 nothing shutout for the Islanders over the Seattle Kraken. How about Bo Horvat picking up his first goal with the Islanders in his first game at UBS Arena as an Islander. The Islanders improved to 27-22-5 and with their fourth straight win as Seattle gets blanked. They dropped 29-16-5. and Finally, let's go to Nashville. Carrier looking to break, has a break to the net, and he scores! William Carrier again! That's 13 goals on the season, and it's 2-1 Vegas! Dave Goucher of AT&T Sportsnet of the Vegas Golden Knights television crew. How about this? The Golden Knights are on their dad's trip. They're now 6-0-1 all-time on it after the 5-1 winner over the Nashville Predators tonight. The Blackhawks' next game will be here at the United Center on Friday when they host the Arizona Coyotes. And a big rebound was there. The Wild couldn't find it. Look out. Boyd's got a break. Boldy trying to catch it. Check that. It's McBain into his backhand, and he scores. Check McBain beats Mark andre have their first lead with under seven minutes to go. That's Joe O'Donnell of Minnesota Wild Radio. In the last game the Coyotes played, they beat the Wild 3-2. to two. They'll take on the Blackhawks on Friday, coming in with a 17-28-6 and six record. Blackhawks Hockey is sponsored by Sitco. Adventure awaits. Fuel up first with Sitco. Budweiser, ComEd for Business, ComEd Powering Business, Powering Lives. United Airlines and Plumbers 911 Chicago. Visit plumbers911.com for emergency plumbing service. Big thanks to all the help we got back at the WGN studios, our production crew of Ben Anderson and Brendan Rook, along with our engineering crew of Dan Long and the tireless Christopher. The United Center, our reporter was Jack Heinrich, Paul Zarang, our Hall of Fame engineer. Troy Murray was the color analyst, and John Weidemann back on play-by-play tonight as the Hawks fall to the Ducks 3-2 in overtime from the United Center. I'm Joe Brand signing off. David Jennings has your news next. After that, it's Raleigh James. Until then, we'll talk to you tomorrow night with Blackhawks Live at 7 o'clock right here on 720 WGN. You've been listening to Chicago Blackhawks Hockey on Blackhawks Radio, 720 WGN. Streaming on WGNRadio.com and smart devices everywhere.